there are people who definitely are really true to their character, and in that, I mean that they Evie really does not. She'll call somebody out, and I I really I appreciate it. I don't. I don't like her approach. It's not even that I disagree with it. It's just like, girl, like, now is not the time. She has a bad way sometimes of doing it. I spent more money on this than I spent on anything else I got Okay, I'm going to cut you off. It's not about money, girl. You have to throw... No, no. My point being, if I was allowed to finish... So then don't use that as an excuse. It's not an excuse. Okay, I did not come here to fight with you. I do not have the energy to give you right now. I feel like the last time it happened to me, I was feeling down already, and I just feel like she was, like, enjoying kicking me when I was down. Evie opens her mouth, says the right thing at the wrong time, the wrong way, and I'm over it. So I'm curious to kind of see, and we talked a lot in uh, Nuance last week about Evie Oddly and her ode to honesty, but I'm, I'm curious to see how that kind of develops, because I think... It reminds me of Silky, where like Evie and Silky have come in with a persona or have come in with a surface level story, like Silky being really loud and extra and a big personality and Evie being really honest and like, you know, just like holding people to their word and just kind of, you know, taking no shit. And different. And different. Yeah, but yeah, challenging what, what like Glamazon means. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, you know, both of those are kind of, those are archetypes we've seen on the show before. But I think a, like a lot of other things that are happening on season 11, it's like then we go a little deeper and then it's like, well, yeah, I uh, certainly. And I think to me, it just all depends on how you like your tea served. Do you like it served scalding hot? Do you like it after it's been steeped for a while? Do you like it in a beautiful cup? Do you need it with a cream and sugar? Mm. Do you like it in the afternoon when you've had some time to relax? Do you like it in the morning when you need to wake the fuck up you know Mm -hmm. and it sounds like scarlet is is saying hey if you're gonna serve me tea please serve me tea the way that i like it and there are some people in the world that you know they serve tea one way and it's like no substitutions yeah um and it, it just depends on how they're interacting and i think that to me is uh is a more of a humanity issue something that we see in society in the sense that like well, some people don't know how to interact with each other because they come from different places. And I think somebody in the room said this. I, was it Akiria who said like, well, you know, it just depends on, on who you are and where you're coming from because some people will just tell you how it is and that's just how they operate. And it's up to us to dialogue and be like, hey, listen, I appreciate your feedback. What you're saying is all true. When you're giving it to me, this is what I need. And it's it's up to the two of them to kind of negotiate you know how that's going to go. I think as queer people or as people that are downtrodden, we especially when we're on TV in a pressure cooker, we're so we're so quick to just nope, this is how I'm doing it. I'm not going to apologize for how I am and who I am because we're so used to fighting. Yeah, yeah, that the idea of budging in any way is like no, I've been contorting all my life, so I'm going to be really staunch now about who I am and what I'm saying. And I think that that's, I think there's elements of that that are great and important and necessary. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to stop any of that, but I, I fully believe in like a pendulum swinging and that, um, I don't know that I think either extreme is not sustainable, you know? Yeah. I, 
uh, certainly extremes are not sustainable. What I think is interesting, though, about Scarlet, because obviously Scarlet is, you know, I think there was truth in saying that Scarlet doesn't really like being critiqued. I mean, uh, you ha she had a conflict with with Brooklyn Heights when Brooklyn criticized her after Brooklyn won and was saying, oh, there's holes all over your garment, whatever. Uh, and then Scarlet went on to win. Right. Um, that was like an interesting story. Um, and now she has this thing with Evie where she doesn't think that Evie's, you know, always in the right time when she's saying the right thing. I think it's I think it's cool that Scarlett can acknowledge like, well, she's she's saying all of the right things. She's just doing it the wrong way. I don't know. Is it can we we have to compromise, right? At some point we have to compromise. But as queer people, we're so used to compromising. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a lot of this was similar conversation that came up with the Vixen in season 10 of like how you're delivering your truth and like whether, whether you need to modify in order to be heard or if other people mm. need to adjust to other, or if other people just need to listen. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I think, and I, I don't know what the right answer is because I, I do see, I do think to cast one or the other as like the villain, like one perspective or the other as the villain or the good person isn't really helping anyone. I think there's a lot of nuances and gray areas about um, ways of getting your message across that are effective versus, you know, you could, or looking at that as tone policing. You know what I mean? Like, right. There's so right. many it's, nuances, it's this you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's this kind of uh, dichotomy that we've created that there's a, either or instead of an and yeah you know what i mean yeah and and i think that scarlet is a kind of an interesting one because i feel like we've seen she's a queen where again like came in and i had a perception of her right off the bat and was like go home don't bother packing and like now like the longer i've kind of gotten a chance to get to know her and the more i've gone back and looked and listened to her again i'm like okay i don't think you're i don't think you're wrong i don't think you're off the mark here i think um I get, I get her perspective, you know, like I get, um, I don't think Scarlet's wrong, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't think Evie's wrong either. And I think that's, what's interesting about these conflicts is that like, there really isn't one or the other who's like clearly in the wrong here. Yeah. Yeah. I think to be honest with you though, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more on Evie's side because I think Evie's playing reality television and that's kind of why she's doing what she's doing. So in a sense, I understand Evie's perspective more because I'm like, oh, well, you're on TV. So, of course, you're going to say it right now, right here. And Scarlett is saying, oh, well, you know, maybe wait. It's like, no, 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 no. Now is reality TV. So I think off the show, perhaps Scarlett and Evie would have different perceptions of each other, or at least Scarlett would have a different perception of Evie. So uh, that's also where I'm kind of like, well, Scarlett, I don't know. Is is your ego getting involved here, or are you not seeing the full picture of Evie? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting, right? Because I feel like Scarlet is trying to have kind of as if the cameras weren't there interactions. Like when she's like, I don't have the time or the energy to fight with you. It's like, yeah, but girl, you're on reality TV. It's what you're supposed to be doing here. But yeah, but, yeah. but I understand her perspective because she's having a real life experience where she's like, no, I'm about to lip sync. I don't have time to argue with a safe girl. And at the same time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> and at the same time, that's so true. Right? That's so true. But that's at the so same true. time, Evie oddly is like insistent on like this, like this realness, this truth, this honesty. But she's kind of amping it up and performing it because she's on reality TV. And so, right, like, right, they're both kind. And of- I think she gets that on social media. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think she gets that on social media she's like yeah i know i came in hot yeah you know she said that oh yeah and like i i i would expect a lot of myself doing this to do the same thing you know to like just get that nervous energy turns into something you know and Mm. for her it turns into just these like really sort of like uh aggressive conversations about being real where like she's not even letting Scarlett finish her point before she's shutting her down and it's like evie do you want to have a conversation or do you want to have a moment you know, <laughs> well, girl, it's all about moments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the answer is uh. it's all about moments. Opulence, you know, <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, I think um, this also kind of goes into another issue that was brought up and untucked um, that maybe we'll talk about a little bit more later, but we can certainly talk about it now. Uh, this idea of RuPaul's best friend race. I just feel like girls don't want conflict because they don't want to be thrown around by the fans. And so you have someone like Evie who's kind of like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And then you have someone like maybe like a Brooklyn Heights or an Ariel or a Plastique who are like, well, I'm not going to do the conflict thing because I've seen how that plays out. And I'm not really here for that. And even Scarlett, you know, to her defense, too, she was like. Girl, I don't have the energy right now to talk to argue with you. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, and I mean to be honest, like everything else, you know, we, we've seen Scarlett, you know, be a, a shady, sarcastic New Yorker, and like it's grown on me. <laughs> I'll be honest, but we've seen so many moments of Scarlett being very lovely, and like I, I particularly, we'll talk about like the moment with Mercedes where she's like, I I feel like we let you down, you know. Like I think that yeah, Scarlett is. I mean, again, you want to talk about like an archetype of somebody like when she came in, like I fully admit I had kind of the hot take prejudgment that she was just this like nasty New York, you know, uh, failed actor being a drag queen who's being mean to everybody. And (laughs) I was just like tied to that. Listen, receipts. I said it on the Meet the Queens episode and I am here to make it clear, Miss Andrews, that I was wrong. I really, um, what I'm seeing is is more than I expected from her. And I appreciate not just what she's doing in the challenges and on the runway, but like her interactions with the other girls. It's, it's um, in some ways, as much as I love what Evie's doing, I think that Scarlett's bringing just as much honest interactions, you know? Right, right. I hear you. I mean, I do have, uh, just to kind of relate this to another queen that was in the room, I do have some new feelings on Ariel. I mean, maybe not what she's presenting on the runway, because I I think I agree with Evie on those counts. But uh, there was a really, really sweet moment between Ariel and Mercedes in Untucked, which I also really appreciated when Ariel was just like, girl, I love you. And she gave her a little kiss and was, you know, helping her. Uh, get ready for the lip sync. And I, I, I don't know. You, you, I didn't expect that. And I have to remember that this is a show that I'm watching being edited and they're painting Silky in one way. They're painting Ariel in one way. They're painting Scarlet in one way. They're painting Nina in a beautiful uh, way. They're using all the colors <laughs> on the palette for Miss West. And I am here for it. <laughs> Sotheby's, you got yourself a priceless piece of art over here in Miss Nina West. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I have to just say this up front. I I think, obviously, I feel like to call Nina West a pizza queen 
she's some she is queen supreme of pizza queens like i have mm. I, I, to be four episodes in and to love a queen this much i mean she set the bar i, I just I, I think that she's such a lovely presence on television and um she has to go all the way because i just can't I can't bear watching her her sashay away. She's just such a great element and part of the season, you know? But, I mean... I, I hear you, Mary. I don't think she's going to go all the way. I hear you. I really want her to, but I I don't know. There's there's something in that edit that I feel like she is miscongeniality and is going to get only so far. Uh, there's something in the way that Michelle and RuPaul were talking about her on What's the Tea. I was reading between the lines. I'm like, hmm. Oh, see, I didn't Because they also that. mentioned... Oh, because they also talked about um, Silky. And basically, RuPaul was like, well, there's two ways you can go about being on RuPaul's Drag Race. You can either, you know, fall in the background a little bit and do what you need to do on the runway and the challenges and just kind of last until you start to shine. Or you can scorch the concrete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, we all know which one Ru prefers, you know. Um well, well, she certainly prefer, prefers both, but I think she loves when there's a queen that can scorch the concrete because it's it's reality TV, girl. So, yeah. but you know, to to Silky's credit, Silky won this week. So she uh, we'll see what happens next week. Whether or not she actually won, in, you know, my oh, my official, there it is. I mean, listen, hot, you know, Act One Gun, um, Oprah was not robbed this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, she stole. Well, Mary this. with. Uh, yeah, with with that said, Mary, uh, why don't we move on into recapping this episode uh, and tell our Marys what they're listening to? Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny. And I'm Colin. And this week we are continuing, of course, our recap of season 11 with Trump... The Rusical, which mm, Trumpa, 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 yeah. Trumpa. <laughs> it's uh, it's sort of Greece meets America, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, Greasy America. Yeah, Greasy America. Um, and of course, Grease like, Fire. Oh, <laughs> and that's what I thought this. That's what I thought this challenge was going to be was a total Grease Fire, because I think as Mary's who listened last week know, I don't, especially the hot take, uh, wasn't super excited about a Trump musical on Drag Race. It just you know, uh, I, well, I totally, I, I totally understood your sentiment and I was openly optimistic. I, uh, full, let's, let's take it back for a second. Just generally, I thought that the challenge, I thought it went well. I think I thought it went well. I thought that obviously, you know, writing on drag race has never been a strength. This one is no exception. And at the same time, there were a lot of Easter eggs for political junkies in there that I'm like, okay, this is actually, this wasn't awful. This was actually pretty smart. Granted, the whole plot was very absurd, but I have thoughts that I'll get to later. But I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was awful. Will I watch it again? Maybe. Yeah, I have to say, I uh, I was pleased to be wrong about this as well. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, watching it again to take notes, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that I agree. I think there's lots of little Easter eggs and nuances in there. I think there are some really fabulous performances in 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 the musical that I didn't expect. Um, yeah, I yeah, I I really liked it. And you know, I think 
the direction that it went, I think the kind of like, you know, pro-female direction that it went, I was like, okay, okay, yeah. you got me, gal. Yeah, <laughs> Ginger yeah, Minge, you got me, gal. Yeah, Ginger Minge, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, girl. I see you in that, in that you know, drag king drag. <laughs> Oh, it was fabulous. Um, so let's jump in. Um, I don't know. When the episode starts, and now, I don't know, this happened, this started happening very recently. But you know how when they all walk in, this like happens every episode. They all walk in and they're all like sad mm-hmm. or they're like frightened or they're like just shook. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently started thinking, weren't they all just like dancing and all happy on the runway? Yes, so they were dancing and happy on the runway, and then they were sitting on ice backstage waiting for them to set up for them to go on again. Like, all of these emo- – like, they have to put all of these emotional states on pause and then, like – and recreate them as the door is open. You know, like, there's that body language right. that, like, Suga does where she has, like, her hand on her, like um, – on her diaphragm, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm, that's sort of like, mm-hmm, I, lo- right. I love that. I'm going to throw up. I love that body language of, oh, girl, that just gooped me. Um, but it's all, they have to put it all on, you know, because they, yeah. they're basically like yeah. waiting like an hour to like <laughs> come back to the workroom. Uh, but you're right. Well, it, right. It's weird. <laughs> right. And I, I, it's it's a little weird, but I will say that I love that drag queens are on my TV creating this drama because it is created, right? They are like... Mm-hmm recreating the drama of that moment however authentic in time it is we're seeing it you know in a different time and space um and i just have to say that the the shot of all of these queens like through the mirror uh with akiria in that headpiece and evie in the back with the pink i was like Okay, this is like this is a drag show. This is so dramatic. This is so over the top. Yeah. What am I watching? Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um for our sleuth Marys, I just wanted to say that I noticed that Silky and Raja were the first in the confessionals. Oh, uh how do you Oh, oh in terms of like, oh, it's time for you to go record your talking head parts. Um, in terms of like Silky won this week and Raja was in the box. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, oh, you're. I thought you were saying like the order in which they recorded. I was. I thought you were getting all meta here. Oh, you're talking about oh, who had the no, best talking no. heads this week. Uh, I'm just talking about the fact that they were in the talking heads first and just kind of clocking like when that happens and how we can predict like what's going to happen. I don't know. I'm a predictive queen. Okay. So whenever there's types of confessionals and when they appear i always think that says something about who's gonna star in the episode or where where things are gonna follow yeah i mean it kind of ties to like the act one gun of whose perspective are we going into the next chapter with yeah and like silky has frequently been the one to kind of head us off into the opening credits you like that she's gotten that Mm -hmm. more than once um yeah yeah well this whole first half of the season because I don't think she's going to go further than that. You know, fortunately, unfortunately. So, you know, I think last week I did say she was going to go to the end. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But something tells me, especially after hearing What's the Tea, that maybe she'll just make it so far. Uh, but, yeah, Silky's going to take up a lot of airtime because, she, you know, eventually she'll pass the baton on to somebody else. Right, right. It's kind of like, I mean, I guess when you look back on, like, season nine, and it's like Sasha Valora would kind of poke her little egghead in here and there, and then next thing you knew, she had a scepter in her hand. Yeah, it was just like, right. it, it builds up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I also, obviously, not that I enjoyed that it was happening to her, but you know my feelings on talking through tears. And Oh, Mary. Miss Sugar uh, Cane was delivering. <laughs> I mean, 
it bears repeating that that look, that makeup was just like high drag in terms of sitting there talking through tears, looking that fierce. Yes. I love that yes. dichotomy, you know, like even, yes. even I, I, I wrote, I, I was yeah, say, even ahead. warriors cry, you know, <laughs> even doves cry. Yeah. Um, Sugar cane crying in that outfit is what I wrote down. I mean, she was in that outfit crying. Yeah. Uh, this to me, I was like, Oh, Colin's going to clock. This as a best supporting actress moment. Well, now here's the thing this week. Now, listen, there were lots. What I, what I discovered though, as I was taking my notes that this week is going to be a little bit, a little bit different for best supporting actress nominations. Cause we have an actual performance. And so oh, okay. I've certainly clocked moments that I would nominate. They might be like Golden Globe Best Supporting Actress nominations. <laughs> but the official All Right Mary Best Supporting Actress Award is is really going to be reflective of the the best performances <laughs> in Trump the Musical, the Rusical. Trumpa Trumpa. Yeah, Sorry, Trumpa, I'm going to keep Trumpa. calling it that. Ugh, ugh, Trumpa Trumpa. Talk about cringe. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because I love the quote, I shit you not. When she started saying all the names down the line, I really thought I was going to go home. I was like, oh, girl, oh. Ugh, this moment, this moment. Waves a hanky, Mary. Yeah, because <laughs> I think I was feeling the exact same thing of like, as she's going down the line, I'm like, oh, Miss Sugar, oh, Miss Sugar, this is not good for us. <laughs> yeah. Is she going to go home from me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She get a sachet from uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely noticed in this opening, and I, I would really say throughout this season, like I think compared to like season eight, where like the the expression was everyone kept talking about people getting thrown under buses, and Ruby and like, what's this bus you're all talking about? I really feel like, and like All Stars is always, hey, this is All Stars. I feel like this season, like the expression I'm hearing repeatedly is step your pussy up. I'm hearing that constantly this season. Step your pussy up. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. I mean, I think, was it Scarlet? Uh, nobody is safe here. Uh, that also seems to be kind of, uh, it's going to be a theme in the sense that RuPaul is ready to shake this season the fuck up you yeah, know yeah yeah i think the last thing rupaul wants is for anyone to be like oh just another you know buy the book season of drag race you know right right um because she even says that and you know i don't know if we're if we're looking for easter eggs uh michelle on what's the tea said to rupaul she's like are we going to talk about the 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 double crowning heard around the world um and they talked about it they talked about how there were two winners and RuPaul was basically like you know you can't do things the same every time you have to keep reinventing you have to keep things interesting otherwise it gets too predictive it gets boring um and so to me that was like a little precursor a little act one gun if you will uh of season 11 I don't think we know what we're gonna ex get here yeah, in the wise words of Jasmine Masters, expect the unexpectable. Um, <laughs> oh, and also, it's it's funny the way you, you describe it like that. It reminds me when this is like tiny tangent, but when I was like fourteen, maybe um, we went to New Orleans for like my cousin's wedding, and and I saw like a a street psychic, and she even recorded our session on like cassette tape. And I don't know if I still have the cassette tape, but I got no way to play it, so it's all in my memory. But one of the things wow. that she told me, she said, uh, I admit it was 14 or I was 15, and she, she just said, you have to keep reinventing yourself all the time. Just keep reinventing yourself. And like, mm. I just like, it was such like a, 
it was something like 14, 15 year old me needed to hear from like this wise old woman in New Orleans on the street um, who, you know, mm-hmm. when I turned around, it was just like a bundle of dead flowers. You know, she never existed. <laughs> it was like a Pee Wee Herman doll. Yeah, exactly. And a cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I just think that, like, I get that. And I guess that idea of reinventing yourself because of that has always stuck with me for the past 20 years. That, like, I I can totally appreciate that point of view with, like, having all these goops and gags. It's like, you got to keep reinventing. Yeah, I mean, we saw, I don't know, we seen, we've seen seasons of reality shows go the distance. I think the longest one that I can think of besides Survivor, I'm not counting Survivor. I think that's a different competition. Mm. Um, Something like America's Next Top Model, uh, around season 13, season 14, they started to have different types of casts, right? So it's all models under 5'7", all plus size models, all, you know, then they added boys and it was like that type of thing. And some people said that that is when top models started to kind of go down because it was getting too, it was getting uh, too cyclical, right? right. It, was, it was too predictable. And so they, they needed to shake it up and it didn't work when they shook it up. So it just depends on RuPaul and how they shake it up uh, and, and if that works. Right. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I just, uh, the thing that I really, really want is queer stories are still being promoted and featured on Drag Race every single week. That's what I want. Two, I want a diverse cast as much as possible in all senses of the word. And three, I want fierce fucking queens on the show. Yeah. I want them all to do well. Yeah. Like, That's what I want. Put exa- like That makes me think of, you know, Dragula or Drag Race Thailand where they have more time to, you know, to do a look or to put on a show is that like a lot of times it just – maybe it takes away like the pressure we talked about this a thousand times it takes away the pressure cooker it takes away the kind of like hunger games of you know of what we're watching but Mm. it turns into like a really fierce fucking show and like we get to see entertainment entertainers at their peak we get to see really great tv and i think um it's it'll be interesting to see as as reality tv evolves and as we kind of um i don't know just as television evolves if uh if the if the element of reality TV of endurance, besides like something like Survivor, which I think is sort of inherent to that, if that kind of fades away and it's more about like spectacle, you know? Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, I will say that drag will always be a spectacle. Um, it's always just like just watching gender be turned on its head. It's like, I don't know, people will always stop and look, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I and I think it's also like, and this comes up in Untucked is is when Evie or when Nina is kind of defending Evie's drag is then there's that idea of if drag is all a spectacle certainly, but like some spectacles are Reno and some are Las Vegas, you know what I mean? Is like, are we still going right. to feature like Foxwoods kind of drag and Vegas kind of drag? You know what I mean? Like, what level of yep. opulence and and extravagance are we going to show? Um, because right. I love to see a queen pull it together with a bunch of, you know, unconventional materials, but I'm not going to lie. I also love the really high drag you can get from a queen with a budget. Yeah. Cause it's good yeah. TV. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. That's why we watch all stars. Yeah. That's why we all watch all stars. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The, the kind of economic 
disparities of queens coming in is also a fascinating storyline to watch, which is also why I appreciated past seasons because they had to design so much the day of, which is why you'll see kind of quote unquote less fierce looks on the runway. It's because they were fucking sewing them in, you know, eight hours. Yeah. And like, so, and even that being said, you look at some of those looks, like I think of like season three, you know, like that's the classic example. Look what those queens pull together in a day, like one after the other, you know? Right. Right. Uh, It'll be interesting uh, moving forward with Drag Race and seeing how she shakes it up. It it made me excited when she said that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but moving on um, into the workroom, uh, Evie cartwheels us in, which I thought was, you know, very Evie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, We find out this mini challenge that there's been a leak. Oh, there's been Uh, a leak. There's traffic and a leak. A leak. Um, I kept picturing her, like an actual leak, like L E E K. Oh, sure, um, sure. There, there's <laughs> there's a spring onion about. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. Yeah. It stinks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and we get that really cute uh, Soju's back shade because of the leak. Oh the yeah, assist. yeah. Um, which I guess um, just goes to show you, you know, like overshare because then you'll you'll still be relevant even three episodes yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, so uh, one thing I just have to say about this mini challenge is gays playing gorgeous lesbians on TV is my kind of drag. Oh, yeah. No, I I think that's, that's such an interesting um, play with gender of like, you know, Rachel Maddow has, has kind of that like – she that that sort of lesbian aesthetic in a way, and it's like a bunch mm-hmm. of like yeah. I mean I think all gay men I think everyone's cisgendered male on this cast, um, or if any event you know none of them are women, none of them are lesbians, and and these queer you know non lesbians putting on lesbian drag I love staying in the world of queer and flipping all of that on its head. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I mean I don't know the last time we saw a uh, a queen on Drag Race play a lesbian was i mean the first one that comes to mind is april carrion oh right what the hell yeah <laughs> well what the hell or oh maybe season eight right with uh i'm a strong gay woman yeah right it, we see those moments yeah uh but now we have one where like it's not a joke that she's a lesbian it's like okay she's a lesbian and here i go right you know? and it doesn't have to be this whole thing of like um look how she's like look how much extra masculinity she's got or you know what I mean like right it's kind of like that um, wasn't the joke yeah she doesn't have to she can still just be a woman and lesbians can be women (laughs) (laughs) I just I just feel like it's worth mentioning lesbians can be women that's a lot (laughs) women can also be lesbians conversely it's just all fine as far as I know I'm not telling anybody it's just what I read somewhere (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're so Sophikatapikikitoko, Mary. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sophisticated. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was trying to say sociopathic. I was like, what are you trying to tell us, girl? Uh, um, um bef- bef- before we talk about that mini challenge, I don't know if you clocked this little moment. Uh, maybe you did. But Vanjie walks by Brooklyn Heights and Brooklyn says, you look real sexy and slaps her butt. Mm-hmm. And then Vanjie says, don't even look at me right now. Yeah. Oh, the editors. I mean, because there's, I think, the Elimination Day workroom entrance. There's another little kiss they catch on the entrance. They are mm. dropping these little like brangy Easter eggs. And <laughs> I, 
I, you know, I'll say this up front. I think that, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Vanjie is a reality TV veteran. She was on one episode of season 10. <laughs> So she knows how this shit works. And of course, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's a pro. Like she's been winning uh, yeah. pageants. So it, that tells me that these two veteran exper- experienced queens are like, you know, it would be a great way to stay on the show longer. Let's have a showman's. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're smart ass cookies. A homance, you know? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, the jury's still out on all of that. And whether I think it's all fabricated or what's going on and what's edited and what's not. Because Tiffany Pollard even coming in uh, and being like, so tell me. I'm like, girl. <laughs> girl, come Please. Like, it, girl, I'm Trinity Taylor. Yeah, girl. I'm <laughs> Tiffany Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just want to mention, because I think someone had emailed or tweeted us um, asking if I had noticed the new pit crew member. And yes, I did. Of course. Um, I feel like if Nina is uh, sort of like the camp director, then I feel like this is kind of like the new co-director of the camp, Julio. Like, I feel like he's show- okay. And I feel like he dresses the same way RuPaul did. And because I'm a cheerleader with like the short shorts and the blue T-shirt and the oh. whistle. Um, yeah, I feel like he could also be the head of the athletics department for a fat camp, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. But in any event, oh, he's great. I I was very happy to see him. Um, okay, yeah, I'll have to look for him. I you know sometimes my eyes kind of glaze over with the pit crew because I'm like, why even look? You'll never have. Oh come on. <laughs> I mean, only one of them straight. Uh, <laughs> and so spaghetti till it gets hot. You know what I'm saying, Mayor? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heard. Yeah. Heard. Uh, um, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, just to kind of get us into this mini challenge, the, a line, along the lines of last week and this week, and I, I probably even other ones, I think the editing is on point with these mini challenges. Oh, yeah. No, it's done well. It's done well. Certainly, it doesn't show us really who performed the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, it doesn't really do that. It's like a six-way lip sync. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, we've seen challenges like this before on Drag Race and other reality television shows, uh, p- particularly Top Model, where the queens or the models, um, they're queens, yeah. uh, where the queens have to read something like a scroll mm-hmm. live. And I'm sorry, Mary, if you have never done that, it is very very hard. I don't care if you have a doctorate degree. I don't care if you read books every single day. If you've never done that before, it is so hard. Yeah. I mean, even Dr. Kanash had a challenge with it. It's, uh, <laughs> and we saw this, this was, we talked about this last week. This was, they did the same thing in season one, um, which I kind of love. Yeah. And as much as Rue is reinventing, I love seeing a challenge that like, you know, Nina Flowers and like Angina were stumbling over. And now like, you know, here's Evie Oddly and, you know, uh, uh, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo stumbling over it. Like that's such a fun, I don't know come full circle moment yeah 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 i mean uh, granted the playing field is certainly not level here when it comes to language yeah which is another like issue we've brought up in the past but that aside it does it does make for really funny goofs Mm -hmm. like uh it's just kind of like um an outtake reel is what i see this as totally i will say i i mean this should come as a surprise to no one 
Nina West did a fabulous job and was giving me all kinds of Delta work in this. You know what I mean? Oh, Delta work. I actually appreciated Plastique. She had one little nuanced moment that Rachel Maddow does all the time where she kind of like she she tips down her glasses uh-huh. yeah. and then says says like one word. And Plastique, I think, was the only one who did that. I, there was a queen that took off the glasses to say something. But Rachel Maddow sometimes will like just tip them yeah. and look at you. Yeah. So I was like, OK, Plastique watches. Uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll say this, you know, and we'll talk about it later. But Plastique. Well, I'll just say that she was phenomenal as Melania Trump. And it was all oh my God. in the nuances. Ugh. It was so, so nuanced. So well done. It was so good. So well done. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I think we were not sure what we were going to see from her last week, what more we were going to see. But this was like right. Jocelyn Fox levels of surprising nuance, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and that's why we like queens. And I know that we say nuance a lot, take a drink. Um, but like, that's why... That's what makes a drag queen for us very interesting is the details. Mm-hmm. Everybody, queers, queers especially, notice those details. When you do something like a little bit, right, or just like show one little detail like that, mm-hmm. that's what people can connect with. They're like, oh, they got that. Oh, good, they have that. Yeah. Oh, they did that. Well, and and, and, and that, that's what we look for, and I love that. I agree, and I was, it, when you said that, it just made me think like, well, and of course, I mean, lots of, you know, straight folks are probably good at this too, but of course, queer folks would be adept at that because like we just fine tune that in our lives of looking for the details in other people. Yes. Are you safe? Right. Are you someone I can open up to? Is, are you? Yes. Uh, oh, Mary, all of that. Right. All of that all day, every fucking day. Yes, right. Please. All thank I fucking do. You. Yeah. Thank fucking you. Ugh. All I do is read the nuances of other people to either find out if they're going to kill me or fuck me. You know what I mean? Like that's what yes. it comes down to. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, and especially with gay people. Well, yeah, and like gay people figuring out if you're gay yeah. right? or if you're an ally, like we're consistently looking for that little rainbow flag yep. or we're consistently looking for someone to say, you know, oh, you know, uh, they're, that person's boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, yep. like any little detail. My sister says to me, she, she, she came to me. She's like, hey, John, there's there's a gay person that works with me at my school. How how do I let them know that like. I'm cool. I'm like, Nancy, it's super easy. You have a gay brother. All you have to do is talk about how much you love your gay brother. Right. In front of that person. Yeah. And it may it may feel inauthentic, and I wouldn't do it inauthentically, like, out of the blue. But, you know, if you're ever chatting with that person and, you know, something, a connection to me comes up, just bring me up. All you have to say is, oh, yeah, my brother and his boyfriend. That's all you have to say. Yeah. And that person will know, oh, Okay, maybe you're cool. And that person... And, and it's, it, it starts there. Yeah, and I was going to say, and that person, if they're like a lot of us, is listening to the way that you say my brother and his boyfriend. And if you say it in a certain inflection that sounds comfortable and casual, then we are reading into those details, those nuances, if you will, to see if we're safe. Like, that's... Right, like, right. Yeah, that's... That's the importance of nuance. So, yeah, do we say it too much? Yes. yes. Do I have a whole podcast dedicated to it called In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance? Yes. Do I have a good reason? You bet. That's all. So just to just – that's all. Um, just to bring this back to what we were talking about, the – the little details that we fine-tune – as queer people, we fine-tune ourselves to seeing – 
that's that's how we watch drag, right? Yeah. It's like we're looking for how you move your mouth on that word. Did you do the turn the way Meryl Streep does? Uh-huh. That's what makes a fabulous lip sync is when you have those little details of how you're performing something. So I'm sorry, we're going to call out those little details because that's what makes a queen rise yeah and they talk about this on drag race thailand all the time by the way like not to be you know a a constant honking horn hong kong for drag race thailand but like it is that good but they they say to the queens they said it maybe at least three or four times that some of the main feedback that the queens have gotten from the judges is that it's all about the details it's all like that's what makes you stand out that's what elevates you because like Mm-hmm. Anybody can show up painted, look, looking good, great hair, you know, cute bodysuit, good shoes. You know, you've got your nails on <laughs> if you do nails. And that's fine. But, like, what what makes you exciting? What makes you interesting? What makes you stand out? And I think, you know, uh, this challenge is actually a great challenge to kind of answer that question because I think immediately of, like, like, for example, I think of the way that Scarlet Envy played Betsy DeVos. There's little things that she did that made that work, that if she didn't do them, it right. wouldn't have worked. Like, right. she Ugh, she does a so lip sync of an inhale, or she says DeVos instead of DeVos, <laughs> and she makes her mouth yes. move that way. And if she didn't do that, it wouldn't work. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, let's talk about this casting special. Um, Scarlett casts Trump's, Trump the musical because she wins the mini challenge. Yeah. Um, so I I loved, loved, after Mercedes said that she wanted Shandy, when Vanjie was like, bitch! <laughs> yeah. What? What? <laughs> In my two seasons on Drag Race, I've never heard such a, something so delusional. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I I absolutely love that. And um, I thought it was also very interesting that Brooke is the one that casts Ariel as Shandy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but then looking at it, it's like I I wouldn't have disagreed with that. I think uh, that made so much sense. Um, Also, because I think that Brooke, I mean, uh, Ariel isn't. I know that she has a musical theater background, but I, I guess from everything I've seen, she doesn't really. I think it makes more sense for her to have this character where it's kind of like Monique playing um, what's her name in the Sex and the Kitty Girls challenge where she plays someone, Kristen Johnson, who has like two minutes of screen time. So basically she gets to create her own character because we don't know much about her. In the same way, Shandy, like Ariel can kind of create her own character because I'm not getting the impression yet. And I haven't been proven wrong that she's really good at like celebrity impressions. And so maybe embodying somebody might not be her thing you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean she's she had an opportunity to i don't know i i feel like she could have like fucked this up royally um or it it could have just been safe i don't think and i think that there was truth in like shandy i don't know if shandy is she's the florence she's not gonna be diana ross like she shandy is the, the straight man, if you will. Yeah. All the other characters have more chance to shine. So in that sense, I'm like, all right, Ariel, this is like a good safe. It would have been cool to see Ariel as Oprah, like just to kind of see what she would have done. But, you know, when if you are talking to RuPaul, RuPaul wants you to play by her rules, which is yes, typecast. Mm-hmm. Yes, play into stereotypes. Yes, make me laugh. You will right? be All rewarded. You will be rewarded right. because like, right. I mean, it, even if you disagree with it, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote down the note, like, Silky is forgetting about Black China, and... Oh, Mary, I wrote down all of these. Listen. You know? Oh, my God. She, for, she forgot about Black China. The featured role always wins, okay? It's it's why everyone loves a Best Supporting Actress, Mary. Uh, yeah. So, Beatrice Strait. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> my love so here? Listen, okay. Mary... <laughs> I wrote down some featured small roles that won in the past, okay? okay? You have Black China, which is, I think, probably the famous one. Yeah. You have Darian Lake's Head in a Box. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Asia O'Hara as in Breast World when she came in at the end. Oh, I... Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't remember her being particularly good. Was she good in that moment? She won. Oh, I forgot. I remember Aquaria being so good that... Anyway, go on. (laughs) Um, Linacia Sparks in the Lip Sync Extravaganza. Oh, it's Tyra. Yes. It was just very small. Mm-hmm. Um, Latrice in Queens Behind Bars. True. She's not one of the main characters. She's she's a featured character. Yeah. Oh, and, and I'm not done. Oh, I know. Alexis I know because I can think of other ones. And, yeah. Alexis Mateo and Shangela as the twins in Queens in Space. Yep. Little bit featured role. Tyra Sanchez as the baby in Country Queens. So good. I mean, it, it pays, like, her and Darian Lake, they're just heads in boxes. You know what I mean? They're heads. <laughs> they're heads. That's right. They're just heads. It's all face. <laughs> it's the nuance of the face, Mary. Yeah. It's what Ugh. you do with, with not much uh, time or space. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then my last one was Monique Hart as Keijo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. I think that in a lot of ways like i think scarlet was saying this to who is she who is she saying this to last week about like scarlet yeah she was saying it was or it's the second week where she was like no you want to be the one who has like a small role because then you can knock it out of the park oh yeah um that was in good god girl get a grip yeah it, um, it was oh yeah. it was like um mercedes and kahana oh right okay and look what happened to mercedes <laughs> <laughs> she didn't win, but like that's what people quote the most from that challenge, you know? That's very true. That's very true, Mary. It was like a moment in time. Nobody else is quoting anything from that challenge right now. No, I mean maybe yeah. some maybe some deep cuts of hi Christine, but that's pretty much <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, so um so so go ahead oh um oh i just i mean i I, i'm pretty much the the nina west appreciation society at this point but i just love that moment where she was kind of talking about pulling out her her inner meryl and and she mentions not without my daughter and then she says oh no that was sally field and i was was like holding my breath i was like no no oh thank you oh thank god and i thought if we don't correct these references we forget these references you know um and also, like, I, I, that made me think of the Not Without My Daughter reference. Have you ever seen Not Without My Daughter? I don't think I've seen it. When she said Not Without My Daughter, I thought of Ross saying, She's my daughter. Oh. She's my sister. She's my mother. You know, my that sister whole thing and from, my daughter. Uh, yeah. And my sister and my daughter from Chinatown. Yeah. Um, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Not Without My Daughter. Uh, it is, it's pretty, I mean, I don't know. I, I bet it's problematic, but I think it's based on a true story, so they're not making it up. But it's about an American woman who goes to Iran with her Iranian husband and their daughter, and then when they get there, he decides that, like, oh, we're not leaving. And now she oh. and she can't leave the country without her daughter. And so it's this whole, uh, you know, 
experience she has of trying to smuggle her daughter out of Iran. Um, and well, that certainly lives in a time. Doesn't yes, it? it does. And Sally Field is is good in the movie. She has a couple of good moments. I remember reading the book in high school. I used to read it on the bus to and from school. And it was you are such a little queer, Mary. I was You're such a little sissy. And what's more <laughs> is the copy of I had of Not Without My Daughter came out after the movie, so it had Sally Field on the cover and like a promo shot from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was a good book. It's I mean it's a. <laughs> Oh, uh, Mahmood. Uh, um, I think her name was Betty Well, I was reading It with uh, what's-his-face on the cover, um, Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. That's a long book. That's a... It was long. I don't think I finished it, but yeah. uh, I certainly tried. I certainly tried. Yeah. Uh, short title, long book. Yeah. I've never... I always remember, like, <laughs> It and, like, The Stand and, like, just those massive Stephen King books. And when I was a kid, I was just like, that looks like... That looks like a big scary mountain. I don't know how to climb, so I'm gonna go read. Yeah, Not without my daughter. I didn't finish the long ones. I finished the shorter ones. Like I finished The Shining. I finished Carrie. Mm. I finished Pet Cemetery. Uh, what was the other one I read? I think those were it. Yeah. Maybe, oh, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. I finished. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't think I understood Salem's Lot uh, when I read it, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I I have not read um, it or seen it. Um. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well. You know, Stephen King. Yeah, He's Stephen a, King. You know, Helped a lot of a lives. Trump killed hater. a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Helped a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so we get a rehearsal scene. And the... F- I... Okay. Oh. All I have to say... Oh, oh no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Before the rehearsal scene. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I We're thought you there. wanted to talk about... Yet. Yeah. Um, before we get into... I know you want to talk about this. Before you get into it, I just want to mention... And mostly because um, Plastique, pretty much, despite the fact that she's so good in the challenge, she has almost no talking heads. Zero time. She's like Zero the Naomi time. Smalls yeah. of, the, of the episode. But I, right. I just want to mention... Because first time I saw it, I was like, what are you talking about? Um, Brooklyn Heights is not describing Plastique to RuPaul as a Texas bucket queen. <laughs> It, she's a. That's what I thought it was. What does she? Mean? I think she's calling her a bucking queen, like bucking. You know, like it's sort of like oh. like a dancing kind of term. Um, yeah, yeah. And she's a Texas <laughs> bucket queen. I was like, what's a bucket? <laughs> I've heard of a pizza queen, but I guess if the pizza's no good, you you become a bucket queen. <laughs> you throw up into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a hole so wide. Yeah, totally. I mean, if oh, in that case, that sounds like kind of drag I can get into. You know? <laughs> I might have that dress in my closet already. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, buck you. Buck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I think we can start a count how many times we're reminded by Brooklyn or anybody else that Brooklyn Heights is a professional dancer for six years. Oh. Ballet dancer for six years. Yeah. Like... I think at this point, uh, if if you forgot, then um, that's a, that's a you problem. I what I, will, I what I was say I, what I know about Brooklyn is she's Canadian and she danced. Yeah, yeah. And those videos, Mary, you saw those videos of Brooklyn dancing, right? In drag, I don't. She did the 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 Black Swan. Oh my God, it's brilliant. I don't think I watched it. I am very behind on kind of. I like to try to see those like performances of the queens and their elements, and kind of like have that lens of them as well. Like someone just sent yeah. us some like Akasha Akira videos uh, to kind of like mm. see her in her element, and I'm like, ugh, yeah. this is helpful because then you have more of like a a balanced kind of view on these queens and not just what they're doing on TV. Um, totally. So I haven't seen them. No, I haven't seen any of the videos. Oh, yet. 
Marys out there and you, Mary, go listen or go watch uh, Brooklyn doing the Black Swan performance. It's it's so cool. Um, so anyway, yes, I appreciated the picture of Brooklyn doing that leap. I was like, okay, mm. you are you are a beautiful queen. You might be mean to me. I don't know yet. Yeah, but those um, thighs, like Jesus Maria, <laughs> like it really makes you Jesus hope Maria. that you could be in a plane crash in the Andes with Brooklyn Heights because if push comes to shove oh, and we start eating oh, each other. Mary, oh, Listen, I, I'm just saying. That is so weird. No, 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 no. I'm just no, kidding. No, we're done. We're done, and I'm going to tell you why we're done. Valerie Cherish. We're done. We're done. <laughs> um, so also, Ariel has a musical theater background. Oh, so does she? she? kind of has to force herself to pick up the choreography. Well, you know what? Ariel, I think she's only said it once. So to her credit, that's true. Know, she says it once. That's true. Um, I think it was Amanda Kaczynski. And I'm sorry, Amanda, if I'm calling you out. But Amanda Kaczynski said, most musical theater people spend their career hiding the fact that they have a training in musical theater. Yeah. Whereas Ariel is the first to point it out, which I thought was uh, a funny little nuance. Yeah, I love that insight of like trying. Uh, it was like, Okay, I would believe that, um, though I'm sure there's lots of musical theater folks who are, you know, loud and proud. So do not write us or her letters. We're just sharing our points of view. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, so so I don't know. Uh, I think this whole little segment is to set them up for success, right? It's like, well, Ariel's probably going to do really well. Brooklyn's going to do really well. Scarlett can't dance, but she's going to have a cocktail in her hand most of the time, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, and I'm like, okay, great. You know, oh, this, is, this team is going to be fine. Yeah, I I guess because it's sort of getting into the rehearsal now. Did you did you want to talk about Dr. Kanash, registered Republican, or are you good? Yeah, I yeah I think it's worth just mentioning because it's an interesting. It's something that I don't think liberals are really talking about, which is gerrymandering. One of the reasons why we lost uh, in the 2016 election, like Pennsylvania and Michigan, is because the Republicans for eight years were re, re, uh, uh, redrawing district lines so that when um, districts vote, they'll go blue or red, right? Obviously, when you're gerrymandering, you're making it go red. Um, and so they they spent eight years like redrawing all of those district lines so that registered Republicans were all in one district together and some registered Democrats were like pushed to a different district that they knew that they might not win. So uh, when I think about when I think about Dr. Ganache's, you know, tactic, I think it's a brilliant one that more of us might need to consider because I don't think people are really waking up to gerrymandering and how much of that is actually going on in some of these swing states. But I will say this about Chicago. I mean, Chicago is mostly it. I mean, that's like a blue district, right? So I don't know where Silky lives, mm. but uh, most of Illinois, Illinois is a huge state. Most of Illinois is red. And then you have like this very, very densely populated um, area around Chicago that's mostly blue. Oh, so okay. un unless unless Silky lives in like Downers Grove, which is still a blue district, but it's like I don't know purple, if you will. Right. Um. I I don't know if gerrymandering in Chicago is what she's worried about. Maybe maybe I'm ignorant and I'm happy to be educated because maybe there are Republicans in Chicago that are trying to break up that very very blue pocket. Right. Um. 
But it, it seems to me that they'd want to break up some of the other ones. But maybe that's the target. And so they're really trying to find the Republicans there to create districts. Um, so in that sense, it's really smart. But um, to me, uh, we should be doing this in Pennsylvania or in Michigan. Um, or at least Democrats should start moving more to red states in some way and register as Republicans there and then mm. vote Democrat. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate I appreciate all of this. Sorry, I, I just have okay. one more point. Um, if you know, if if we're all registered as Republican, right? They can't fuck with the lines and the districts. Um, but you don't necessarily want to do that if you're voting in a state that doesn't have an open primary. And I will say that about Illinois, or at least Chicago, um, it, they have open primaries. So Silky can vote in the Democratic primary and the Republican primary if she wanted to. Uh, I whereas I think in New York, I, I know in New York, uh, you cannot vote in the uh, in your non-party's primary. I see. Oh, well, I mean, I'll tell you what. I have obviously, I've heard of the expression of gerrymandering, assumed it was some kind of drag queen. Uh, <laughs> Didn't know. Oh, is this like a, is that like uh, um, something like a Spice Girl? Is that gerrymandering? Was she gerrymandering? Spi- <laughs> yeah, gerrymandering. She's always dressed in orange. Yeah, yeah, the delicious Miss Gerrymandering. <laughs> she's a political queen. She's a yeah. She's a political queen. <laughs> she's a Republican. Um, <laughs> Um, so I, I really, and it's on me, obviously, like I didn't really even know what gerrymandering was and it's an interesting idea. And I think it's really cool that like that kind of perspective is shared on drag race. And I feel like, I feel like they would have done silky real dirty if they didn't include her talking head of her saying, I did not vote for Trump. That's not how right. this works. Cause I think that was important. Um, it was yeah. cool. I mean, for me again, as someone who, who doesn't, who didn't know about like how that all worked, um, it was fun to have a teachable moment. It's a teachable moment um, from <laughs> Dr. Ganache, Miss Oprah herself. Sure, sure. And, you know, I, I think that there's there's certainly going to be criticism about why that tactic is actually not one that will work or that, that will help. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that in terms of being on a large queer stage – talking about gerrymandering and telling people like you who don't really know what it's about or like me who's you know thinking about it more um it's important you know that word should just come up in the drag world or in the queer space Mm -hmm. uh, is important i mean leave it to the queers to like take something and flip it on its head you know what i mean it's like to take to take vote to take registering republican and turning it you know turning it on its side turning it from uh red to purple you know what i'm saying put a little blue in it yeah yeah I have I have friends that are registered Republicans in New York so that they can help sway the primary. Yeah, uh, sure. Republicans. In terms of who, which gets, is another tactic. Yeah. 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 Like you want to have a say in who finally who gets to the, you know, to the end of the race. Yeah. Um, right. It's really like you interesting. Want a, a more liberal Republican. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, and this this is a much larger conversation that we won't spin off into. But I mean, the fact that we only have two goddamn choices is another problem. But that's a whole other issue. You know, like oh, red, or, you know, red or blue. Like, yeah. I can't. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's move into this rehearsal full stop. Mm. Um, are you familiar with uh, Giannis Marshall? Is that his name? Giannis Marshall? Marshall? Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. Yes. Uh, before we I mean, yes, I I want to talk about Giannis Marshall and what I know about him. But um, 
I, I just want to move back because we didn't talk about the RuPaul talking to Mercedes. Come here, let me slap you. Oh. Uh, because she wasn't kidding. She wasn't kidding. Yes. No, and at the same time, I felt like it was let me slap you with these kid gloves on. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, right, I feel right. like RuPaul was being like, I feel like when she was then saying, OK, well, what language do you speak? And she she was, I don't know, having a little bit more of a conversation and not just a like, you know, um, you know, get your shit together, girl moment. I think yeah. that was kind of nice to see. But I feel like when a queen gets to that point, it's like, oh, Mercedes, you are going to have to like go in a turbo drive this week to like turn Ru around, totally. you know, totally. She even says in the talking head, she's like, bitch, I'm going to show Mama Ru that I am the goat. And they're playing like the derpy music in the background. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's not getting good, uh, getting a good edit. And then they have Raja who's like, well, you know, te- I'm technically trained as a dancer. And then Ruth throws that shade about the Mariah challenge and she refers to it as um, the or she refers to the lip sync as the gangbang lip sync. I think more than two people referred to it as the gangbang lip sync. Vanjie calls it like, yeah, she calls it a six way gangbang. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, whoa, this show is so gay. I know. I could not believe that. I know. Uh. I love it. It just I I, it it was just nice. I, I like I like when Rue keeps a little bit of the like. You know, the the East Village Club at 2 a.m. aesthetic in the show. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Six-way gangbang. Yeah. Um, mo- moving on to sexy men in heels. Um, Giannis Marshall. Giannis Marshall, to me, when I think about Giannis Marshall, he's in a group of these other sexy men in heels, right? The one that I follow on Instagram is Mark Kenamura. Do you know who that is? That name's familiar. I don't know why. Okay. Um, and then Brian Esperon, who did all the Call Me Mother dancing choreo. Oh, I think um, I because I've seen some videos of Giannis Marshall and probably some of these other guys. I've seen some of their routines. Yeah. Yeah. It, they're all really, really fucking talented. And uh, Giannis Marshall is absolutely gorgeous. And again, super, super talented. My big thing with Giannis being on Drag Race and choreographing is that I feel like we didn't see any of his choreography once the challenge was shown. Oh, that you know, that's interesting. Because I, I, when I look back on the final challenge, I don't think that much about the choreography. Um, right. Yeah. I don't, in the same way that there's other challenges where I guess like, um, oh, you know what I think of like All-Stars 3, whenever I think of like Ben De La Creme playing Julie Andrews, like that, mm. we spent so much time on the, him getting that choreography, but then in the challenge, I was watching for it and noticed it and appreciated it because it felt like a real moment, whereas yeah. this, we spent all this time on these girls getting these moves, and I feel like maybe it's because then the challenge comes and you're like, there's so much else for me to take in. I already know the choreography. I saw them do it for 10 minutes. Who are these characters? I've seen them do nothing with, you know what I mean? I haven't seen them do these scenes at all, you know? Yeah. Mary, we didn't see any of the choreo that he was teaching. Wow. I mean, I mean, maybe we saw like, like a couple of moves, but otherwise nothing. Like it was, I was like, girl, where did Giannis go? So it was just interesting to me. Was that just the editing of like the, the way the shots were in the show? Like, do you think they were hiding it? Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I do. <laughs> like maybe his choreography was too hard and they just couldn't yes. get it. Yeah. Yes. And it was I like, I mean, listen, 
it, it, the electric slide is a, is a, is an iffy one for me. So I'm not reading anybody. <laughs> the boogie woogie woogie woogie. I'm like, oh, I, shut up. I'm done. Shut up, Mary. You are not doing any of those dances, and not because you can't do them, because I won't. But because you're embarrassed. Because <laughs> you don't want people to see you having fun. It's just not my aesthetic. I'm not good. I'm. <laughs> It's it's not the kind of drag that I do, uh, you know. I'm sorry. When the Cupid Shuffle comes on, I am the second person on the dance floor. The Cupid sure. Shuffle, the Cupid Shuffle. What? Who, what's a Cupid? Shuffle? Oh, you. Oh, Mary, you are so ridiculous. To the left, to the left, to the left, to the left, to the right, to the oh. right, to the right, to the right. Now kick, kick. Now walk it by yourself. Now walk oh, it by yourself. That. You don't know this oh. song. No, like, because that, that's, that's my, I like, Pavlovian it. bell to, like, find the fire exit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Mary? You know what? I, I, I hear you when the YMCA comes on. Thank you. The first, the first verse, I'm very uncomfortable because it's middle-aged people, usually white, doing an arm dance. But then I remember this is the gayest song ever, yeah. and they're dancing to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, this is fine. It's like when they play Queen at the end of a hockey game. I'm like, yeah. fuck all y'all. Fuck all y'all, mm-hmm. you know? It's, yeah, I mean, there's just like, every time I hear like everyday people in a Toyota commercial, I'm just like, man, this song had a life before Toyota. That's incredible to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this rehearsal, I don't have much to say about it because it's, you know, a rehearsal, but I thought all of the shade for Raja was very interesting. And that there was a showgirls moment that if I was, you know, had a little bit more time, I would have created a little supercut. But Raja says, I do have a dance background, you know, ballet, modern dance, um, jazz, tap, African, you know, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted them to like cut to that scene from showgirls. When the the like choreographer is like going down the line and he says, "Show's called Drag Race. It's not called classes." <laughs> <laughs> is he the same one who says, "Thrust it, thrust it"? No, no, that's uh, that's. Uh, I think his name is Gay. Um, oh, uh, he yeah. That, oh, this is. I thought he's like more creepier. I think Gay's the woman. Gay's the blonde. Oh, Gay is the woman. Yes, that's Gay the, is the woman. Yeah. <laughs> The gay guy that dances is the one that says, thrust it, thrust it. Yeah, come on, thrust it. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the guy that, like, he's like, I'm erect. Why aren't you erect? Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, I have to watch Showgirls again. Um, Please do. Yeah, maybe I'll watch the VH1, you know, uh, Movies That Rock edited version. I always love that. Oh, <laughs> God. With the, with the covering up all of the boobs? Oh, yeah. All of them. All the boobs. It's like a Drag Race episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you? Um, I just have to say, I just have to say, Brooke Linheights is what I think I look like when I dance, but I really look like Scarlet Envy. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> Scarlet Envy is what I think I look like when I'm dancing, and like a shopping cart rolling down a flight of stairs is how I actually look. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did you notice, I think, when Raja was talking up all her dance ability to Giannis and was going down the line, did you notice that Ariel kind of did this like, well, all right, Mary kind of gesture? It was. <laughs> no. Oh, it was great. It was very South Jersey. And that's not a dig. But it was very like, okay. well, all right, Mary. It was it was great. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. Um, uh... <laughs> um, 
we a little nuanced moment I loved was Akira in the Talking Head. She goes, "Please don't slap that man, Miss Raja." Oh, don't do it, Miss Seely. Don't do it, Miss Seely. The way she said it, kind of like breathily, "Don't do it, Miss Seely." That was really funny. That was almost that'd be like a BSA. That would be a best supporting actress moment. Was like yes, Akira. Yes. Uh, I also I just wanted to mention this. This is back when Evie described Scarlet as a stick bug in a hurricane. Is <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect. Um, e- she says that, and then she gives one of her Evie laughs. And I think it's the first talking head we've gotten with that Evie laugh that I love. Yeah. Cause it just like, um, yeah, I- it makes me feel so like validated as you know, like, <laughs> well, talk about me, Mary, like the one with the craziest laugh on this podcast. I, I mean, I know, but- I'll always appreciate somebody with an extra laugh. Oh so. So, yeah, totally. I, I just, I feel like, you know, I don't think I have a pretty laugh, and it's nice that you can be on TV with a <laughs> kind of laugh and get away with it, you know? I got that one. That's um, my goofy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yuck. You're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> that was terrible. Thank Mary. you. Thank you. That's my goofy. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Evie talks about her EDS type three. We learn kind of why she has those uh, marks on her head, which it was like, oh, okay, great. We found out why. Yeah. Um, the extra skin. Uh, and then we get Mary. I'm sorry. Ariel crying. <gasps> it's a BSA. Mary. It's a BSA. Mary. She, I fucking hate that bitch for looking so gorgeous when she cries i know and she's so how does she look so beautiful that is insane to me and she can talk through the tears so well the way and and this was kind of Uh, like the criminum of the episode because we saw it so many times but like uh, i'm really gonna bomb this challenge like the way that she kind of like bombed (laughs) this challenge it's so perfect (laughs) nuances matter perfect (laughs) uh nuances matter she i just like when somebody can not ugly cry. Obviously, I love an ugly cry. Like Julianne Moore, yes. I am here for you. Hillary Swank, like yes. here's all of my money. Claire James, um, yeah. Claire, oh, ugly, hideous, uh, hideous. crying. Yeah. Um, but there is, I mean, when somebody is a beautiful crier, I am like, it's like a unicorn passed by me. Yeah. Oh, it's so. Oh, it's so. Just like, how do you do both? And. <laughs> You know, it's like yawning and keeping your eyes open at the same time, or sneezing and keeping your eyes open at the same time. How do you yeah, do both? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hats off to Ariel uh, crying. Um, yeah. I, you know, and at the same time when she was crying, I'm like, girl, you're gonna do fine. Like I know that this is just a gag. Like of course she's gonna do fine. Right. And and this has happened before, and I kind of love this when a queen. Like Tyra Sanchez did this, someone else did where they kind of have to just stand there and watch the choreography and then practice in their room that night, you know, like it's right. like I, I get it. I also feel like that it seemed like that situation. It's like if all that pressure is building, it's like she's never going to get it if she just keeps trying to like catch however, however much of the choreography as she can. Like she's better to mm. just stop, calm down watch absorb and then do it later right clearly this is not totally. the yeah like i just i think you know it's funny because you were saying earlier about like kind of 
liking Ariel or kind of having some moments of appreciation with her. And I kind of think it's because this classic kind of mean girl character, we're seeing like so much vulnerability this episode and so much more humanity. And and it's once again, someone comes in with this kind of archetype and then we realize there's like an iceberg underneath. It's, Mm. it keeps things interesting. That's what keeps things interesting for me is when the archetypes are flipped on their, on their sides, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like a Miss Fame, right? Yeah. Miss Fame was, you know, she was kind of bitchy and kind of snotty. And then we're like, oh, you're a little goose. Exactly. So I wonder, I want, I mean, I don't think that Ariel is going to get a nice edit. I don't. No. I think that she's going to, they're going to keep kind of painting her as this adversary. Uh, but I, I, I'm I'm doing my best to see as much beauty in all of these queens as I can. And if that makes me boring to listen to, fine. Like, there's so many other fabulous podcasts. But, like, I, that's, that's how I have to enter the world, Mary. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's very, you know, you know what I mean? If I have to spend every know. week with these queens talking about them, I might as well find something to like about them, you know? Yes. Yes, yes. Because yeah. I find it kind of draining to keep hating someone. Ugh. I really do. Ugh. It's like there's enough. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think it's it's I, like with Scarlet. Like I really like that I've been proven wrong. Like I'm really glad I can find things to like about her because it's like, well, of course. Like, <laughs> I like there are some <laughs> queens that I may not. I don't think I'm going to turn the beat around on. And we all know which one I don't like. I won't say it because no need to spread negativity. But uh, there's some queens that are just not my cup of soup, you know. But like it's season eleven. We're just going to know these queens. I'm going to keep the doors open because like. I don't know. Like, I think about Trinity Taylor, like how wrong I was about her. I thought she'd be nobody. Yeah, you right. Know? We were so wrong. Yeah. We were so wrong. But Mary, I don't think I know which queen you don't like on season. Oh, um, uh, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Not Kathy oh, to Jimmy. Cleaner. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Okay, right. So, Not this season. Not this okay. season. Um, yeah. Not this season. Yeah. Uh, Not this season. Yeah, not on this season. Yeah. My season. Not Sorry, on not, not my <laughs> season. I love that meme. That gift. I oh, love so it good. so much. Not on my watch. watch. <laughs> All right, Mary. Uh, moving on. Um, we get some workroom moments here. Obviously, this is like prime social justice corner. This was like. Best Supporting Actress for Clip of the Week. Yeah. We didn't want to start in this dark space, so I think we started with another discussion on, like, meta drag race. But Nina talks about her story of being hazed in college Mm -hmm. um, because I guess she was targeted for running for student council. This story was horrifying. This story sounded like the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, I wrote down that, like, this this social justice corner is going to get this show another Emmy this year because it was – it was – Longer in terms of dedicating a period like a story to a queen, especially a queen who the episode isn't really about. This was a lot of time we spent on Nina's story because it was it was I mean, we learned so much about her growing up, you know, with a conservative Mm. family. We learn about her coming out. We learn about her being politically active in college. We learn about the harassment. And then to make the Matthew Shepard connection, which is just like the benefit of having an older Uh. queen in the room who can Uh. like remember how impactful that story is from being, you know, a a young queer person at the same time i mean that just that one moment and you know i hate to give like awards to to painful moments but when she just had that long tear up in the talking head yeah oh i just it was all that that like three four minutes of footage whatever that was dedicated to nina was 
so so good. It was so well, good. And, and to and to dovetail that with a Trump episode, yes, I think is brilliant. They they dovetail it also with Mercedes, yes, uh, going home and talking about not being a terrorist. You know, I have so much to say during the 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 Trump the musical. I can't believe we're we're st- we're all, you know we're an hour and fifteen in and we still haven't talked about yeah the musical. It's gonna be a long but, one, uh, Marys. I, buckle up. Yeah, it's gonna be a long one. You know, buckle up. Here we go. Um, so uh, but just that story. I will say, luckily, Nina had the university or the police on his side mm-hmm. um, and allowed Nina to move into an all-girls dorm and hide for two weeks. Like, that's messed up. I would have dropped out. Yeah. My parents would have, like, taken me out of there so fast. I would have been so scared. Um, and it just kind of just goes to show of this, like, gumption for Nina and maybe even the support that she had around her that she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not giving up. I'm staying here. Yeah. They're not going to win. Yeah. Um, and to me, that is that's aspirational. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, to go through that experience, like she says that thing of like, you don't ever want to feel like you don't matter. And I think it it takes a lot to take like a painful situation in your life and then turn that into like your inspiration to help others not have to go through that painful experience. Like that's, I think that's a great place to get to with your own traumas or your own struggles is that you can then be an advocate for others because you're further along in the healing journey, you know? Right, right, right. I think about, I think about, um, sexual assault survivors. I know my work with sexual assault survivors, that was a huge part of my own healing process. Right. So it was like, whenever you're dealing with any type of trauma, Something that really helps is to help other people. Yeah, really. I, it it not only helps that other person because they have somebody you know who knows what they're going through, but it helps you. It's like part of your own healing to kind of you know that energy exchange. I think is just yeah, it's very healing. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. yeah I, I just I think that Nina. I think the you know the other thing about her is like she she talks about being politically active and about what she's been through and how she's use that to fuel her and it's like and then you look at her life and you look at everything she's done and the receipts are there like she took yep. all of these painful experiences and she i mean she talks about it in the show she's raised like millions of dollars for people like it's it, it, i think that she is like if anything it's so great that this season is letting more people know about the great work of nina west you know like god yeah yeah and 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 <clears throat> nina west but it also kind of reminds us that drag queens what they're doing is political. Yeah. There's not it's not it's not hiding from it. It's not escapism, right? It can be. Mm-hmm. It can certainly create a lot of joy as like Ginger Minge in season seven brought up. Like, you know, we bring joy to people. Um and and that's escapism, which I think is so important. And at the same time, you're also reminding people that, you know, all of this is is performance, right? Yeah. This this gender performance. Um, and that there are people that are being killed because yeah. of, uh, 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 you know, they, they aren't acting in the right gender um, or, or in so many other ways. Right. Or they're not kissing the right gender. Um, so all of that in, in all in one breath, escapism and political drag, I think it can all be one. Yeah, I think I think there's space for all of that. And I think it's like. You know, maybe we've talked about this before, but I think for Drag Race to have as big of a platform as it does right now, it's like, why not take advantage of that, uh, everything that it can do? And, and I'm glad that it is a mix because I think that's, I don't know, I think that's possible, that you can entertain people and teach people 
in the very same, you know, hour of television, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's I mean, if anything, it's like a spoonful of sugar. You know what I mean? Like it helps. I think if Drag Race was just this really heavy show, it'd probably be called something else. But it might not, <laughs> you know, might, as many people might not take on all of its messages. But when you present it this way, that it's entertaining and it sucks you in and it lowers your defenses, maybe you're more prone to hear the message, you know? Oh, completely, Mary. There are people that are watching this in droves in clubs yeah hearing these stories mary it is like the super bowl and high energy drinks drag queens hosting and then there's this moment yeah i mean i i think that is super powerful that you know when you're watching the super bowl you're not thinking about anything political when you're watching drag race you can have these little moments that are interspersed and you're like Oh shit, that's the real tea. And I think that is queer. I think that is gay culture. That on the drop of a dime, we can be like, oh yeah, and we're being killed in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. As we're getting as we're putting our makeup on to do this lip sync musical. (laughs) I mean, it's just I just love the dichotomy of it. It's fascinating. Um you know, and I I mean this this does kind of bring us to Mercedes segment, which I I think to be fair is probably a little bit producer prompted, but I think the intentions yes. are really good, you know. Oh, I'm all for the intentions. I, I did feel that too, Mary. And I think what we got out of it was a really great uh soundbite, which is it's a terrifying time to be anything different in America right now. And for Mercedes to be many different things at once just speaking to intersectionality is super important because it's it's a big thing right now in the gay community right this idea that you can be gay and oppressed in other ways and uh for mercedes to be on the show and to be one of those voices and finally kind of be prompted and encouraged to speak out uh is is super important in the middle of a club right uh mm-hmm. of, on drag race night you know yeah yeah i mean and i think when she says like something as simple as like i don't want people to hate me i mean that's yeah. so i think that 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 certainly for myself it like takes me back to being 12 years old and realizing i'm gay and um knowing that other people are figuring it out and and much like nina sitting with the girls because they were the only ones who'd have me and deep down it was like among any above, above anything else it's like i just didn't want people to hate me i just didn't want mm. to have to like fear that like i was that i was going to be hated you know and i think that basic feeling um i mean you never forget that you know i don't feel that way in my day-to-day life as much anymore thank god but then i think god to feel that way and you're still a fucking ad- and you're a, you're an adult and you're still fucking feeling that way god like right you know like that's right. exhausting that i could understand why someone would be like, you know what? I don't even want to get into it because like this has haunted me my whole life. Like I mm. just, I get it. I totally get it. And I think that even if this was producer prompted, I think the message that came out of it was uh, was really positive for all the people watching who feel the exact same way. Yeah, and and very timely right now, especially oh, um, yeah with with New Zealand. I I you know. Th- There are gay Muslims, there are gay Catholics, there are gay Orthodox Jews, there are gay people in all types of religions all over the world. And for us to be, to just, for so much rhetoric on our American televisions to spin the Muslim religion as only one extreme is so, is so unbalanced because there are Catholic extremists and Jewish extremists and any religion that is extreme is 
problematic, is hurtful, is hateful. And uh, th- there are plenty of religions that kill in the name of their God, right? Yeah. So uh, for for Mercedes to come on and be like, here I am. I am not doing any of that. I right. exist uh, is is brilliant um, because yeah. I don't know how many queer people can name a gay Muslim. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I could imagine, some, you know, based on what we see on TV, based on representation, like you could in a way like forget, you know, or like mm-hmm. not do the math or think, oh, yeah, well, someone can't just assume, oh, someone can't be Muslim and gay. You know, you make these assumptions. Right. People right. make assumptions you can't be Christian and gay. You know, like you just yep. you make these assumptions because it's not represented because and, you know, it's such a bumper sticker. But it's true that representation matters because of it, this exact thing is it, it seeps into the consciousness of what we become mm-hmm. comfortable with, what we recognize, what we can understand. If it's never there, we never get a chance to learn about it. And right. Um, um, right. So, yeah, and sometimes representation has to be done in a clunky way because we're unfortunately not in a space where it can happen organically, you know? So, like, mm. you know, some, and, and gays have been doing that forever. You know what I mean? It's like, you again, go back to, like, early Will and Grace. It's, like, it's so clunky in a way, but, like, <coughs> it's also, like, oh, my God, we have a platform where we can, like, talk about gay stuff. And, like, you just – you get really enthusiastic in a way. You know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. like – you just finally have a chance to talk about it, that you're not worried about how artful it's coming across. Ugh, fabulous. Um, I think we can move on to the runway, this orange, you're ready for the runway. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the runway, do you want to talk about the rusical itself? I do. I do. I think it's important. Um, just just to kind of introduce these judges, I thought Michelle Visage looked absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I also appreciated RuPaul's shout out to, DJ Stalker Channing. Oh my Follow god! Follow her on Twitter when at that, DJ Stalker Channing. <laughs> yeah, when that happened, I was I just was imagining because I know she hosts, um, you know, uh, viewing parties at Faultline, and I was like, I bet she's losing her shit right now. <laughs> I just like couldn't imagine how exciting that must have been. Like it was uh, like just a moment of just Rue on the screen just saying her name. It was so funny. Stalker Channing. <laughs> Um, I also think that Tiffany Pollard can have everything, and I want to sit on Joel McHale's face. He, uh, he, yeah, he is a he's a big old slab of man. Um, mm. He's a friend of Drag Race. I think this is his what second season, third season. Um, I don't, I don't remember him on Drag Race. Should I? I know that he's been on once before. I can look it up. Um, I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating soup, if you know what I mean. The soup. That's an E joke. Um, okay, let me look this up. Uh, Joel McHale, RuPaul's Drag Race. Let's see. Okay. Um, not show. Not Joel McHale show. RuPaul Drag Race. It's like she's never Googled before. Joel yeah, McHale, RuPaul. I, um, Miley Cyrus, Joel McHale, and Wanda Sykes to guest star on. Oh, nope. That's season 19. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Uh, yep. Not seen anything. Episode I, nine, Joel McHale. Yeah, uh, episode nine. No, nope, nope. Uh, that's the something. soup. He's talking about Drag Race. Yep. Yeah, I didn't think so. I uh, okay. So Mary's help us out because I feel like this is some kind of like Mandela effect. Where I'm like, I could swear that he was on Drag Race once before, but I can't. I don't know. Um, in any event, yes, I. Uh, I, what were your thoughts on Joel versus Michelle? 
Oh, it was such a great bit. And when, oh, when he said, I'll see you in Reno. Yeah. And she goes, Jesus Christ. Oh, I, I like, love that. Winner, Jesus winner, Christ. chicken dinner. I I love this little folk. It's It reminded me of like the Leah Remini thing. I was like, this is great. This is Ugh. hilarious shit. Because he was also playing this character of the obnoxious straight guy in the audience. Right. Right. And. And she was like being all of us, which yes. I, so I thought it was a great performance. You know, it was performative, if you will. Well, and I think it's I think it's kind of funny in a way to have this like performance of a of a ridiculous white straight guy at Trump the Rusical. Yes, like yes, I get yes. what they're doing this week. Yeah. I get it. There's a lot of Easter eggs. Like I don't want to jump right. the gun, but like flash forward to untucked and Raj's headphones are orange. Like they are being <laughs> consistent this episode. So good for you, Mary. I didn't clock that. I didn't yeah. Clock that. Yeah. I see um, you at but, world of wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of little Easter eggs, uh, maybe we can point out some of the political ones in Trump, the Rusical, because you know, you don't expect it. Like I really was thinking I was walking into, uh, a trash fire. Like that's what I thought this yep. was going to be. Um, and yeah, it wasn't like the best. I will say it started off strong because the woman doing the vocal for Betsy DeVass was absolutely hilarious. Oh my God. That was, I think it was so new. That was the role that I would want because it's just like, you know, there's this featured funny lady. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was great. And Scarlett, she really nailed it. As I said before, the way that she goes devas and the way that her she right. her mouth moves that way, those little Ugh. details I really appreciated. I, I just Yeah. So yeah, at funny. The end, at the end when she said, uh, I still have no idea what I'm doing. I was yeah. like, This is this is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, you still got all of these references. Um, I just wanna say overall, before we kind of jump into some of our favorite moments. I appreciate how fucking risky and punk rock and absurd it is to have a Kenyan Muslim play Ivanka Trump. Yeah. To have drag queens, a drag queen play Donald Trump, a drag queens in general telling the stories of the women that surround Trump. Yeah. Because that's all very a little confusing, right? So I just thought it was badass that they told the female stories, however muddled and confusing, you know, everything was. But mm -hmm. for them to just focus on the women in this monster's life is i think a, a really cool thing to put on a queer stage yeah i love like to your point about like mercedes playing ivanka i also just love the little thing of like plastique a recent immigrant or somewhat recent in her life you know she wasn't born mm. here playing melania who's like the most famous you know in a way right, um, right. this sort of crazy idea that oh my god she's an immigrant married to somebody who's who hates immigrants go figure yes. you know what i mean um yeah there were just like little little easter eggs like that where i was like this is brilliant um yeah i mean i let's do you, it's so hard let's to talk jump about in. yeah do you yeah, want to how do ahead. you want to do it do you want to talk about it as what happened do you want to just talk about each queen do you just have moments you want to queen out about i could kind of um, go any direction I could do each queen. Um, yeah. If we don't have anything to say about a queen, we can. Um, when we get to certain things, I mean, I, the the Trumper Humpin had so many references uh, to like politics 
that mm-hmm. I just want to just like run down a very, very quick list and then we can kind of jump into some of these queens because I just think it's worth noting how many there were. So they reference no alternative facts. Did he talk about building a wall? My bad hombre. It was golden because of the golden shower. Mm-hmm. Little hands, travel bands, the best sex you've ever had, the Russian dancing at the end. Um, they reference Crooked Hillary, loser Rosie O'Donnell. The liberal high school is called Pocahontas High, yep. which is what he called uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, time's up. Um, and then there's that whole like me too, me too, me too, me too, that mm-hmm. all of those uh, women in his life are saying. Yep. I was like, okay, all right, all right. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot that they got into two minutes in a song. Um, all right, so let's go. Let's go in. Go for it, Mary. Okay, well, obviously, I mean, I will, as we go through, I will mention which queens are going to be Best Supporting Actress nominees uh, okay. for this performance. Sure. So, sure. I mean, <clears throat> right off the bat, Scarlet Envy, of course, Best Supporting Actress. Um, not only is she doing this great interpretation of of the character in Trump, the Rusical of Betsy DeVos. I also feel like, and I can't believe I'm making a Grease reference because I barely know Grease, but there's something about her that's reminiscent of Eve Arden playing the principal in Grease. Okay, yeah. No, so, it was it was great. The, it was great. So the fact that she was ac- actually able to capture all of those references was really impressive in two scenes, you know? Yeah, I really loved Scarlett. Uh, she was she would she should have been in the top for me. Um, same, same. Um, Ariel, what I noticed about Ariel is Shandy. They did not focus on her until the end. Yeah, she she was not when she was in the yellow. I think we got one shot of her that wasn't even a like a face shot. It was like a full shot. And yeah. That I thought was very interesting. I don't know if they were hiding something or what, but we didn't see her until the very, very end. So um, in terms of the very end, I thought Ariel's performance was fine. I did really love the little nuance. She, she misses the cigarette at the end. She throws it and then she doesn't step on it. She oh, just, I didn't see that. Oh, she throws a cigarette a little too far and then like steps to stomp it out. But the <laughs> cigarette is rolling past her foot. <laughs> oh, my God. So she's just doing this like long, slow split trying to catch the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but I did love that little that little moment. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk about Raja as Amorosa. Yeah. You know, here's the thing is. <clears throat> Raja, the drag race contestant, like a shoe in for this role. It's a very similar energy that I was so surprised how just like kind of flat she was because I just felt like it was like all she had to do was just be Raja switched up more, you know? Mm, She didn't have any energy in the face or even in the body. There wasn't it just didn't feel like it was lived in. Yeah, and this um, it felt idea like that, she was trying too hard to do right, something and else. She's supposed to kind of be like a villain, and it's like I kind of felt like she was like the only one who was going to be nice to the weird girl, you know? Like she just she mm. seemed so soft in a way, you know? Right, right. Uh, Evie as Kelly Ann, I thought Evie should have won. She's she stole the spotlight every time, yeah, because it was so grotesque. Yeah, it was so yeah. grotesque. Her brand of drag. I mean, when they all struck on like her playing Kellyanne Conway, it was like. Yeah, I mean, looks like the Crypt Keeper or not, I would say Evie would take that as a compliment. Like, I think she can, 
it was just so it's such a perfect marriage i think a lot of them as we go through it was like the choice of queen oh. rupaul yeah. was right to give scarlet you know some kudos on the casting because it was uniformly spot on and there were lots of little nuances that made the casting interesting totally yeah again i think scarlet she she should have been in the top here over maybe brooke yeah, That's where I, I was. Yeah, I think that Brooke was. Let's just talk about Brooke right now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Brooke, I mean, Brooke was great. She was solid in the challenge. I totally mm-hmm. knew she was Ivanka um, right. or Ivana. Um, Ivana, yeah. <laughs> but like, she was. Yeah, she was really great. I, I can. I understand why she was in the top, but I think that she was like a high safe to me. Same. I thought her runway look is kind of what would have pushed her maybe to the top, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was just cast really, really well. And she had that great line from First Wives Club, don't get mad, get everything. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, which she she did really well. Um, but again, a, a high save for me. Um, Nina, I know you want to talk about Nina, so let's just get it over with. <laughs> let's just get into it. I, <laughs> But like... Perfect casting, right? Like perfect, perfect. casting. Perfect. So perfect. well done. It, like, it just wasn't a featured role, which is yeah. why I think she wasn't maybe in the top. But she fucking killed it every single shot. Every oh my single God. shot, she killed it. She yeah. reminded me of it's the same way that like AD Bryan on SNL yes! would, would approach a role, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, and I'm sure she's Wait, played Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I'm sure. Um, but it's that same thing where <clears throat> she could get really kind of wacky, weird, ugly, and like like go for it you know and like those facial expressions were just so nina is just so effing good i can't think of anything else to say other than she's just so goddamn good at drag you know she's so good i don't know what she's gonna fuck up on i don't want to think about it yeah i don't want to think about it either yeah i don't i just don't know what she's gonna fuck up on um mercedes as ivanka i mean i just wrote poor little lamb yeah. Um, I, what were those hospital scrubs she was wearing? They were just right. like so loose at the crotch and so high above her waist. I was like, I don't. They, the costume alone, I think, is what also like lost the illusion of Ivanka. There was just nothing there. Yeah, to me, Ivanka would have been in like the white dress. It would have been similar to how yeah. Oprah was dressed. And I right. think, and I know they had to kind of play like high school girls, but there's a way to do that. Um, I also I feel like there's the moment when they're doing the Russian dancing and you can see partly because Mercedes is like next to Brooke and, you know, she comes up to her hip bone. But Mercedes (laughs) is like she's kicking her legs for dear life to try to keep up. It's just it's so funny. It's (laughs) but it's It's like like, really is representative of like how she did in this challenge, you know? Yeah. No, I. Yeah. Poor little lamb. Yeah, uh, we yeah. love we love we love Mercedes, and she's she's now a drag race girl. Her platform is lifted. She has a message. I'm yep. happy for her, uh, and she has opulence. So, yes. like, run yes. with it, girl. Just make all of the money and do your thing. Yeah, earn um, everything, Mercedes. Earn yeah. everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Plastique as Melania. I mean, she got lost, but she gave great Melania slash Melanie. Yep, yep. I mean, like, compare this to, like, what Aquaria did with Melania last season. Yeah. Not that we have to compare queens, but it's our other drag race, Melania, that won that week. Um, right. The the, oh, I, the, the nuances, uh. the like, it was in these little, like, the way she used her, moved her lips, the way she, like, furrowed her brow, spot on. Like, Sp- plastique on. is, you know— 
the 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 western references she does get she gets every little fucking detail i'll give her uh, that yeah. uh, i was so i was so impressed and it was yeah. such a little role her and nina best supporting actresses here for me yeah yeah i <clears throat> so i should say that um both of them are nominated so just to go down the line okay. of who we've talked about has been nominated scarlet envy nina west obviously plastique tiara all three of them um, okay Great work. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. They all were nominated. Um, Sugar Kane as Hillary Clinton. I mean, it was so <laughs> That was a choice. That was a choice. That was my demonic fish. Sorry. Yeah, is that what yeah. Fish big fish turned to turned demonic. Yeah. Um I feel like Sugar Kane realized that she needed to turn it up to a twelve, and so that's what she did. And I thought that she I thought she was great. I mean, I don't know if I was getting Hillary, but I was getting like nasty woman realness and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, and in in that trio, I think she certainly won because she was the one that was turned on the most. Yes. Um, Akira, Akira kind of being second. Vanjie, it was just like, I, there was something very um, insecure about Vanjie. Yeah. She wasn't lip syncing the way that I, you know, that she should have. Yeah, I think Michelle j described her as like a lesbian fly girl, which I I think was um pretty spot on. That was like great. That was that really was great because she yeah. was giving yeah. me this like early '90s like Janine Garofalo kind of thing, you know, with the with the glasses, <laughs> this Lisa Loeb situation. But um, right. and then she and she was doing the moves and everything, but like the character wasn't there. And you think about it, like Vanjie is such a big energy. We just saw it last week. Rosie mm. is really in her wheelhouse, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I was surprised that she yeah. uh, didn't get that loser, Rosie. Um, that loser, Rosie. <laughs> it, during during the song Cheese Frightening, which you have to admit is a great pun. Um, it was, I was she, like, okay, cheese frightening, sure. <laughs> cheese frightening, yeah. It's like, oh, that stinky cheese. Oh, yeah. Is it Gouda? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a monster. So, <laughs> 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 um so uh there was just a little easter egg of she's persistent or she's persisting uh another kind of political like little bite yeah uh, which i thought was great uh the grand cheeto in chief is also a sound bite uh so you know they kept going with these script writers kept going yeah. uh, with these with these little things. I feel like there was like a think tank room where they wrote down every political soundbite and phrase they could think of and then put it into a musical. And I'm like, hey, that's one way to write it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of like I think that's smart is to just kind of like flood it with Easter eggs to keep it interesting. And if yeah. you watch it again, you discover new things. I'm into that. Um, let's talk about Silky Nutmeg Ganache as Oprah. I mean, when she came out, I was like, holy shit. That yeah. illusion holy shit. is holy is shit. Spot on. Uh yeah. like wow. I, I the only other Oprah we've seen on Drag Race is Latrice's questionable <laughs> Oprah and All Stars One. Um her and Oprah. But this was no, no, I'll say this. I think the lip syncing was a little shaky. For uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was more, I was, I guess I was like certainly swayed by the judges' reactions and Silky's movements. Um, so I didn't really notice the lip syncing. I don't think she should have won. I don't um, either. 
uh, not because she did a bad job, but I thought that uh, Evie, in terms of her runway and Evie's performance, I just thought were just stronger. Um, but they gave it to Silky. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a great illusion. Um, and again, a, a way to steal 40 seconds of, of a musical. But uh, Evie did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And now Evie and Brooklyn, I couldn't decide which one to give because I only have spot five spaces for nominations. I'll put them both on there. I'll make room. But I think I didn't mention this earlier, but Brooklyn also gets a nomination because she just kind of was impeccable. But uh, I, I think that she nailed that role that what she had. But I think moving into Evie now talking about her, um, you know, Evie was was great. I think I don't have I don't have any digs. I don't have any butts here. Like, I think that Evie was great. I think her brand of gross drag and, you know, or, or weird drag in this case worked really well. Um, I, I think I'm with Rue and everybody else where it's like, I want to see what Evie does next. Evie's the kind of queen where I want to see what she does in a lot of challenges before I really kind of like get a sense of her. Cause it's like, you know what I mean? Like I think mm. that she approaches everything differently, you know? Okay. Yeah. I think that's exciting. Yeah, uh, me too. I the the other best supporting actress I would give uh, is Ginger Minge. Well, that's the last nomination is Ginger yeah. Minge. Um, and yeah. you know how long it took me to realize, oh my God, Ginger, Ginger, Red, Orange, Ginger. Oh. oh. But also Ginger is just like perfect casting for this like drag king, gross portrayal of masculinity, right. you know, role. Right. I mean, what a, gr that was such a great Easter egg, such a great little cameo. Totally. Totally. It was a great cameo. Again, I love past queens coming on. I, I, this has been my platform for a while. Um, so the it kind of ends. I think I mentioned the nuance of Ariel missing the cigarette. Um, mm -hmm. Shandy gets to punish Trump at the end, but you lied, you cheated, and colluded. Uh, I was like, girl, work all of those words in. Uh, and then they kick Trump off the stage. Power to the pussy, the pussy hat, teaching moment. Uh, we need more women to run. And it becomes this, just this, like, not funny political claim on yep. our screen. I yeah. I was really impressed that they took this turn of the future is female and, like, took it to that place. I was like, okay, Drag Race, you figured out how to do a Trump musical and, like, not, and not sour the sweet of Drag Race, you know? Right, right. Right. I mean, why not? If, if, if I'm a drag queen, yeah, I can do the sister act parody. I can do the death becomes her parody and I can certainly spin the fuck out of politics. Yeah. How else I, are we going to get it into our conscious? You know? Yeah. No, I, it, this was great. This was really this was a, a smart move where, um, you know, the Trump character didn't get any lines, you know, where mm -hmm. it was all about the female voice. And, and I think. It's interesting in a way, the the idea, the sort of fantasy um, retribution they gave even to the women on the on the others on the, you know, uh, in his party right. and in his corner, that there was right. kind of this like, I don't know. I mean, I think it kind of reminds me of how people talk about Melania and how they look at her and they're like, oh, I feel so bad for Melania. And I don't know what's true about Melania. I don't know how much I feel bad for her. I certainly wouldn't want to be her. But um I don't think of her as just this like quiet victim on her husband's side, but I no. think a lot of people like look at the women, I think in his world and in his, you know, in his circle differently than the men. Cause it's kind of like, but you're a woman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a man. 
man. It's a woman. It, but there's that thing it's of like, man. how do you? It's like log cabin Republicans. I'm like, how do you? How do you make peace with with being gay but supporting a political party that doesn't support you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I granted, like, I, I appreciated the message, but like, if we're gonna talk about someone like Ivanka Trump, I'm like, well. I, I don't believe you. Like, I, I think that you are not a good person. Like, you're oh. not doing the right thing. You are consistently not doing the right thing. And I'll say the same about Melania. I'm like, you are consistently not doing the right thing. Yeah. I will hold them to those actions. I don't think that they're like these powerless victims here. So no. while I appreciated this, this lens and like seeing, you know, the women surrounding Trump, I mean, there's a reality also, right? There it's like, is. well... <laughs> no, I listen, at the end of the day, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a garbage human being and I wish her no good because th- the role that she's playing as the mouthpiece of of uh of alternative facts, I mean, what a that will go down as just one of the most disgusting um roles to play in this administration. Like Sure. Uh, sure. You're you're professional gaslighter. Anyway, I'm getting hopped right. up. But um right. It's just interesting that the, that they still chose that they didn't they didn't punish all of the Republican women at the end of the musical. They only punished Trump, you know. Right. Which yeah, uh, do do that. You know, if, if you know, we have Paul Manafort and uh, Andy Cohen, um, and Cohen going to jail, uh, and Trump is not. It's like we, you know, all right, let's punish. Let's do a parody where we're punishing the other man involved here. Yeah. Um, feel your I fantasy. That. That's what drag does. It lets you feel your fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right. Let's co-sign. Um, let's talk about these runway looks, uh, you know, as however briefly we want, I, we're not fashion Queens, but yeah, um, I certainly had some thoughts. Same. Do you want to do like we could s- semi speed round and where we want to slow down and see the sights? We'll yeah, slow down and see the sights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do let's that. Do it. Fast and loose, Mary. Fast, Fast and loose. loose. That's how I like it. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, Evie oddly in the orange clown outfit. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've already made this joke, but I called her the beautiful Miss Absolute Mandarin. Oh, right, right. But right, yeah. Right. Um, this, you know, this is an iconic moment. It's very Nina Bonina Brown's peach moment. Yes, I had the same thought. Take a bite of this peach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, take a bite of this orange, you know, yeah. and it's... A little Peel bit more first. acidic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't get any seeds in your mouth, you know? <laughs> Peel it first. Oh, it's seedy. Um, plastic tiara. This didn't really register for me. I just wrote Cardi Butterfly. Cardi Butterfly. She's gorgeous every week, and I'm ready to see something else, Plastique. Ditto. Ditto. Um, What's Raja. ditto? What's Sorry. ditto? Uh, <laughs> Raja, I just said, oh, look, a bodysuit. <laughs> oh, I mean, I appreciated the chaps uh, and the pixie cut. I was like, okay, girl, work. Uh, I love the pixie yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was a, a good look. Um, it was not the best on the runway, but uh, it was fine for me. Yeah. Um, Nina West as Madame Orange. I called this look Saloon Selects. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she references Barbara Streisand as Dolly. She was yeah. kind of referencing Barbara Streisand. I thought that she probably could have done a better job at referencing Bette Midler's Hello, Dolly. Because oh. Bette Midler is equally as, like, 
much of an activist as Barbara Streisand. And I think she could have pulled Bet off more, but maybe she wasn't trying to emulate. She was just trying to like do a little send up to Hello Dolly. Um, But Bette Midler, I don't know. I'm sure Barbara Streisand, you know, in many people's minds is like the Dolly. Um, But uh, for me, that's uh, uh, Carol Channing um, as, as Dolly is the one. And then Bette Midler. I saw Bette Midler and she was, Fucking hilarious! It was absolutely iconic. But. Yeah, I didn't. I did not see it. I guess I'm. I'm sure. I, I'm sure it'll be like a recording somewhere I can watch someday. Um, yeah, maybe. Funny you mentioned Carol Channing because I took this note earlier. But Giannis Marshall has a very Carol Channing kind of voice. He has this kind of like wah wah quality that's just like Carol Channing. Um, and I'm just <laughs> mentioning that for on anyone's rewatch to um, find the raspberries in Giannis Marshall's <laughs> pronunciation. You know. All right, Mary. <laughs> uh, okay, so Scarlet Envy. I am curious if you saw this, but I was getting so much Vanessa Williams. <laughs> oh, in the in the um, face and the hair, like it was giving me like uh, n- ugly Betty. You know, the house down oh. boots. Whatever her character's name, Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina. Uh, I. Yep. Yeah, sorry, Mary. Wasn't there with you? I. I just thought it was impressive that she made it all by hand. I was like, okay, work, bitch. Celebrate. Oh, it. work, bitch. Uh, Akiria giving us a mirage of Minaj. Uh, How is that working for you? (laughs) This was hot. This was a hot look. Mm. Uh, I I love the long orange hair. I love a showgirl. I just, yeah, this was Vavoom. That's yeah, what I wrote. Yeah, I I liked it. I think it's the kind of look that works really well when you can kind of like see the details. Sometimes a look on the runway, I don't appreciate it, and then I see like fashion photo review, and I'm like, oh wow, look at that look. Or I see it in Untucked, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I see all the details now. So, right, right. um, like you'll notice in Untucked, and I guess we'll talk about it when we get to her. But um, Brooke's look is much more orange in Untucked and much darker on the runway. Oh, okay. But we'll get yeah, to I that. Didn't, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, Silky, take your time, girl. That's all I wrote. Yeah, pumpkin loaf. Uh, I, I loved all the OJ jokes. It's like a slow-moving yeah, chase. Like, I thought that was really <laughs> funny. Uh, and then, oh, so then we got Ariel, who was Big Ariel Bird's, Versace. Um, Big Bird's yeah, cousin. She has, yeah, she, she has a reveal to a bathing suit. Um, and, yeah, I'm with Evie. Uh, Ariel, do something else. Same with plastique. It's like, I think Ariel reads, uh, one of our Marys mentioned this to us, but Ariel reads Mercedes. She's like, yeah, girl, they just don't want to see leotards on the runway anymore. Cut to Ariel wearing a leotard on the runway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like, all right, again, it's like, okay, we know you can paint. We know you can do this look. Let's see what else you brought. Um, the, the other thing I wrote is the stringy feathers. This is not how you do feathers on a string. It's how Vanjie did feathers on a string. Yeah. These, this looked like, I don't know, like uh, those spooky fingers that you play with your cat. You know, oh, totally. Cat like the, the rubber squid fingers. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't super excited by this. I feel like a lot of queens in the past used to do like a bodysuit and a corset. And then eventually that became, you know, and, and not to be confused with Michelle's. So what are you doing out here in a bathing suit? No, no corset and a belt. Yeah. <laughs> and a belt. <laughs> So tell me what you're doing out here in a bathing suit, no corset and a bell. And you should know, because you can't see me right now, that I'm putting my hand out while I say that. Um, (laughs) But I think that, like, queens use – like, a lot of queens would do that, and I think they started to get red for it. It's like, oh, every week it's a bodysuit and a corset. And I feel like a lot of queens have stopped doing that on Drag Race, but now it's these, like – 
I know Monet did a lot of these, but I feel like queens are getting red for it. Like I'm seeing the wave of queens being red for bodysuits, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Monet. It, uh, yeah. I feel like Monet was kind of continuing that, that, that read. Yeah. You know? And granted, I mean, like, listen, as RuPaul or maybe Michelle called out, like sugarcane elevated the bodysuit last week. That's a great mm-hmm. look. I didn't even think it of, of it as a bodysuit, you know, like I didn't occur to me. But like looking at Ariel or looking at Mercedes, you know, it, in Raja, I mostly just see, oh, it's a bodysuit. Right. Uh, Mercedes, I thought this was a great club look. Uh, it's like something you would see like on Pride. Yeah. Uh, but it, she's just dwarfed next to some of these queens on the runway. Some of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt like I loved the hood, but the body of the car needed some upgrading. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Vanjie. Uh, again, I think I mentioned this about feathers on a string. Like, this is how you do feathers on a string. Uh, but again, it was another bodysuit, gold spray on her chest. It was, you know, I think we're, you know, we're four episodes in. It's like, okay, girls, step your pussy up. <laughs> step your pussy up. I remember that from the beginning of the episode, I think. Um, yeah. I wrote down Vanjie's talking head during her look because I was like, they could use this talking head for any look. This is so mm. uh, generic. It was. And I'm not, I won't do it in the Vanjie voice. I won't. I already did my Goofy. I won't do my Vanjie. Um, they're very similar. Um, but uh, I'm feeling expensive. The jewels, the drama, the glitter, over-the-top shenanigans. I feel like I'm robbing <laughs> bitches left and right, and I know I'm the most expensive on, bitch on the runway. This I know this is true. It's like, okay, that tells me nothing. <laughs> that tells me nothing. Look out, hottie. Here comes Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just hear a barn door swinging, girl. Like, I, this is just... <laughs> Here comes Mama. <laughs> it's a deep, all right, Mary cut. Um, um, Brooklyn, uh, I just wrote Detox meets Sasha Valore. Yeah, I didn't know. I like it. I didn't know what to call it, so I just called it the filth element, you know, because, you know, fifth oh, element. Oh, filth. Um, gotcha. It looked great. I think I would say this. Brooklyn Heights is a little bit like Chad Michaels for me. Super polished, you know, obviously, like, mm. it has all the details in place, expensive costumes, can make something cheap look expensive. But you kind of want to see them, you know, rough it up a little bit and, like, get yeah. weird with it. So I'm excited to see what else Brooke does and how else she gets weird with it, you know? Yeah, get weird with it. Don't be pretty, don't be pretty, don't be pretty, don't be pretty. Pangina That's heels. all I'm saying. Don't be pretty, don't be pretty, Pangina heels. Um, Sugar Cane, for me, this was a milk moment, right? This was... Yes. Like Trump on the runway is the same as like this, like RuPaul in a suit on the runway. And I was happy that nobody read her for it. I mean, I guess she was safe, but um, it was I was like, whoa, okay, work. This is she got the orange note and went for it. Yeah, I loved it. And I thought, oh, how the times have changed that this isn't being Mm -hmm. shown. Like they're not cutting to RuPaul with the light flashing on her face to make her look like her eyes are bulging in horror. You know, like what they did with milk. That edit with Milk is brilliant. She's given the same face that she gives when Honey, you know, death drops off the stage last week. Um, (laughs) But this time, like, it was fine. It was great. I thought I agree. I think Sugar Sugar got the note and she ran with it. Um, And I just loved, like, you know, and all the the little puns and everything. I think um, Michelle says to RuPaul, fake drag. And I thought that was like that. She's saying a mouthful right there. Fake drag. What's fake drag anyway? Fake drag. Fake Fake news. Fake drag. Love that. Fake drag. Uh, Yeah. um, So obviously in the top is Evie, Silky, and Brooklyn. I would have put Evie, uh, Scarlet, and uh, maybe Silky or Nina. It would be – I don't know. I'd have to really 
think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably would have put Nina just because I and Silky was safe for me. Silky was honestly like both the look and the performance was solidly safe, and so was Brooke. Mm. I think for yeah. me that the top would be Evie, Nina, obviously, and um, I mean Scarlet. Evie, Oh, and Scarlet. Yeah, Evie, Nina, and Scarlet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I thought the, the bottom was definitely the bottom, was Raja, Mercedes, and Vanjie. Totally. Um, Vanjie, not because she... Uh, yeah, it was just probably the, the, the performance that was the weakest for me. Yeah. I mean, I, may, maybe Akira, because she was a little lost, but Vanjie, I felt like, had more moments to shine, and she just didn't. Yeah, I think that, like, Akira got lost for a moment, and then she's like, oh, no, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. Right. And then Vanjie was right. like, "I can." She's, Vanjie's at a gas station asking for directions. You know what I mean? She was so <laughs> lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also, I just, I mean, like, if we were doing BSAs in a traditional style, then, like, Ross would absolutely have the BSA for describing, like, Vanjie as Rosie reminded me of when I have sex. She tried really hard and everybody laughed, but in the end, she really just missed the mark. And, just, <laughs> and everybody laughed. I just think that's... <laughs> I just, oh my God, every week, I just am so glad he's there. Um, you can also tell that that the the judges and RuPaul in particular, they really love Evie and they really love Brooklyn. You know, like you can just, you can tell the Queens they're gravitating towards and Silky, I think. Yeah. Yeah, In a way. Silky too. Oh yeah. They love having her on. She's giving them great TV. Yep. Um, so, uh, the lip sync, if you're ready for that. Yep. Um, James Brown living in America again, right on point here. Yeah. Uh, James Brown, who was, did not get, pushed up to as big a stardom as he probably could have because he was too black, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's that was James Brown's, like, biggest issue in crossing over. Obviously, now he's, like, a fucking godfather legend. Yeah. But uh, back, back in the day when he was supposed to be more famous than he was, he just... He wasn't. And so I think it's really appropriate that they're choosing a James Brown for a drag lip sync because in many ways he was very much in drag on stage. Um, But they also chose Living in America, which, you know, another iconic song. Um, For me, this was like a a, a no-brainer. Raja was just like owning it uh, despite her air guitar. Oh, like two or three times. It was just like, I think by the third time her wig was just like, no, I'm done and I'm going to tell you why I'm done. (laughs) Her wig and I were, uh, I was like, that's me. So me. <laughs> like the, when the wig <laughs> fell off when she tried to air guitar the third time. Um, when she when her wig fell off, I thought she was, that RuPaul was going to send them both home. That's oh. And it would have been appropriate for me because they didn't, they both kind of didn't do well. And I don't think Raja did that well last week either. So it was kind of like, all right. See, I thought Raja did pretty well in this lip sync. I felt like she was. Oh, she, in the lip sync, she did great. Yeah, no, but I think I'm, I think the way that she played the wig falling off, where she had that mm, moment where she played with it, okay. I think is the turnaround. Like, yeah. your wig can fall off, but what are you going to do when it falls off? It's like um, when Pharamone fell in All-Stars 4. It's like, yeah, but what right, are you gonna, how are you going right. to get back up is what's interesting. Right. Yeah, um, like when Mercedes' headpiece started to fall off, it was like, cut, cut, cut. Yeah, cut. yeah. And, and I think she, at that point, she was just like, uh, like she wasn't in the moment of, of handling it. Um, no. I will say, I mean, I think just the kind of the sort of poetry of Mercedes lip syncing to a song called Living in America being this like, yeah. you know, Muslim African born immigrant, I think is just kind of like 
I it, it's like the casting, you know, it's just like all these great little like connections of like, damn, Drag Race, you, Scarlet yeah. Envy, you're casting this week and Drag Race, <laughs> you're everything that happens was just like very impressive this week. I for an episode that I planned to hate, I was very impressed. Yeah, I you know what? Mercedes took too long in this lip sync, but she's really started to channel uh, work bitch that lip sync when she started reading the city's names yeah well at that moment i was, I was like, like oh. i was like this is such a great lip sync song what a fun song to do you know yeah totally uh but anyway rupaul's send off to mercedes was a little icy when she just said mercedes iman diamonds are forever I, it was a little shifty right yeah it it felt like i think for the kind of sweet story we were getting of mercedes i think narratively in the episode it would have felt good for RuPaul to maybe acknowledge or or for the for the script of of her goodbye to include something about Mercedes you know shine bright like a diamond how fucking hard was that you know <laughs> right 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 um so i uh i mean just kind of i know we're going to talk briefly about untucked but i just want to mention next week's episode is Trixie, Elvira, and Monster Drag. I mean, like, I'm yeah. so excited for all three of those Here things. Here for it. Yeah. Here for it. Um, what do you say we uh, end the episode here and then do a quick little nuance uh, for Untucked Mary? Sure. I think for the Marys who maybe don't feel like listening to nuance but want to know who won Best Supporting Actress, and th since there are no nominations in Untucked, I, I'm going to just wrap this episode up with the winner of the Best Supporting Actress this week. Um so just to go through the nominations, and oh, just to mention for the Mary on Twitter, who I said I was going to nominate, uh, <laughs> tough competition, but um, <laughs> maybe next year, Glenn, you know? Yeah, um, yeah there you go. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I have to say, first of all, that um, really, on honestly, this year, this episode, we need to do an honorary Oscar for achievement in reality television for Nina West. I, I, I just, I can't, this episode can't go without her getting some kind of recognition for like just mm. hitting every note for me. Yeah. These past four yep. episodes, but especially this episode, I just, yeah, I, I yep. really, I, I just, the story that she shared, uh, and just like all of the light that she shares, like, she's just like a great person to have on TV and I want her career mm. to blow the fuck up, you know? Um, now, our nominees performance-wise, of course, are Plastique Tiara as Melania, Nina West, of course, as uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Brooklyn Heights as Ivana, Evie Oddly as Kellyanne Conway, Scarlet Envy as Betsy DeVos, and of course, Ginger Minge, the Beatrice Strait of the competition with just a very little bit of screen time as supposedly Trump itself. Um... This was a very tight competition, but uh, I have to say that this week's Best Supporting Actress truly was Scarlet Envy. Yes. Oh, good. That's who I wanted to Oh, win. good. Good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when she did DeVos and she got that, it was done. It was done. <laughs> that's, that's what I come here for, folks. All right, Mary. Well, Marys, if you have any thoughts on this oversized big orange Cheeto of an episode, uh, you can send us your thoughts at All Right Mary on Twitter or uh, best reach out to us via email at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can contact us via our website www 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 www
There are uh, seven W's. On, <laughs> yeah, and find us on there. Um, or, uh, you know, you can follow me on Instagram at Johnny also for cat pics and drag queens and the like. And you can get more of me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance where each week I queen out on all the acting choices, micro moments, and magic and the minutia that make a scene great. Uh, which means this week, uh, after a few weeks I took to take a breather, I'm going to be queening out on, among other things, the movie Eighth Grade, which y'all need to see yesterday. Um, you can also get more of me on my pod- on my podcast, I just said that, on Twitter at Colin Drucker. And you know how to get more of both of us. That's at Patreon.com com backslash all right mary where matreons know they are uh knee deep into drag race thailand season two and uh a recap just recently on ghost where we just like lived for our matreon hall of famer whoopi goldberg mm-hmm. uh well we have a last chance lip sync which i think is uh probably it's probably appropriate for many of the queens on this uh, season of Drag Race, but most importantly dedicated to Evie Oddly, who I think is, uh, I don't know, she's she's being discussed in Untucked, I think, was what made this song come to mind. It's also, you know, an interesting song that I keep hearing in the clubs these days. Uh, but it is Sweet But Psycho by Ava Max. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of a fun one, uh, one that I think you could lip sync to. So this is Sweet But Psycho. Otherwise, Marys, we will see you next week or on Nuance. And we hope you have a fabulous one. So, yeah. And the tasty that people say run by.